And welcome to episode 82 of the Ranjin Heresy podcast. My name is Joda, your hostess with the mostess, as always. And hopefully, fingers crossed with the latest Mechanicum updates, or Mechanicus updates, 50% less audio problems? <laughs> if I go for 100% less, I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot, but hoping for 50% less, um, if not more. Uh, <laughs> we can only hope after the last episode. Again, really sorry, but we wanted you to be able to at least listen to what other people were saying, maybe not me, because that's always important. Um, and tonight with me in the in the studio, it, it's, just, it's just the OG crew this evening, but what else do you need? Um, there is, of course, atop his, his throne on the pyramid of beer cans and pretzels and the salty tears of everybody else's broken dreams it is mr freddy how you doing buddy i'm pretty good well it's mostly in my own dreams <laughs> you know fair enough. i was trying to be positive man i was trying to <laughs> try not to draw draw attention that way it's just like yeah you know let's just keep it there. let's keep it on other people you're all good man you're all good <laughs> you doing all right dude yeah i can't complain except uh god damn so much militia to paint <laughs> Well, you know, at least you've only got. Oh no, wait! It's a militia army. You've probably, even if it's a small points value, you've probably still got a thousand bloody dudes to paint. So, yeah, I know there's a few. <laughs> I put it up in the in the raffle uh, event yeah. page. Exactly how many fucking units there are in there? Oh my god! When I wrote it down, I was like, Jesus, it's gonna take a time. Think about it though. When you get when you get around to that chaos reaver, it's going to be a fucking dream. It's like I'm painting one model yeah, all with an airbrush. It's going to be great. That's going to be my reward. Just chilling, doing doing the reaver. That's totally worth it. Totally worth it. I'm gonna. Um, like, but, I, I did a test scheme for it that oh, I posted nice. as well. Uh, ages ago. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the force commander and the command squad up and do them like a hundred percent. Yeah. Because the testing scheme was just the base colors. And then if I'm super happy with that, uh, I'm going to start the fucking production line and smash out normal dudes. <laughs> but the Rex guys are, have so much fucking details. I don't know what to do. Like, I need to find, I need to find, you know, being a perfectionist, I can't, I can't, I can't do whatever we taught on the, all the courses for all these. I have to find like a, a middle ground. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the, that's always the fun it'd part it'd have to like, be per- perfectly good enough yeah you want to do it perfect but then it's like but there's a hundred of them and I don't have the mental stability uh-huh. to do a hundred of them a <laughs> hundred is not enough mate no, <laughs> it's no. more than a hundred I know I tra- oh. dude I tried writing a zone mortalis list to just to a 1500 point zone mortalis list with everything that I've got and I'm like this is going to take forever to paint what do you mean I've still got to find 600 points <laughs> What, what, what do you mean? I wasn't relying on tanks to fill out my militia list. How dare you? Shit. <laughs> I need, like, oh, God, I, I gave up. I'm going with Marines for Zone Mortalis. Way easier. Like, 20 dudes. <laughs> 20 dudes and a couple of dreadnoughts. So much easier. Um, so before we get all, all the way sidetracked, um, so on tonight's episode, because it's the middle of the summer here and we've been sort of slowing things down, we've, we've sort of 
catching up on a number of things. And we have some fantastic events coming up very, very soon. So we are um, actually getting out our, I guess what you call them, players packs for these events. Yep. And it's not, not only is it for a gaming event, but it's for the lovely, lovely coat of paint. And the, our, our lovely friend, Mr. Henry Steele as well, is on the show a little bit later on as we talk about the upcoming uh, military modeling course that we've got running um, towards the end of August. Now, we've got all the details for these events. Not only are they in the main segments of the show tonight, they're on our Facebook page in the event section. So you go to the Varangian Heresy uh, on Facebook and look at the events tab. Go on there. All the events are there. Linked to buy the tickets are there. The sexy faces of all the people who are going to be there are there. So there's so much information. <laughs> We've also got links in the show notes. So don't you dare say you can't find a goddamn link to find how to get this. We tell you. We want you to come along. because It's going to be freaking awesome. Um, so, yeah, but that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to – first section is – first part of tonight's main segment is myself and the lovely Eric the Great Dane uh, talking about RALTAC, our real-time event coming up on the weekend of the 10th and 11th i think it is of august yes, 10th and 11th of august 10th and 11th I'm, I'm still still i mean it's been six years now i'm still getting to use of this whole week numbers thing i'm still trying to do it by the date <laughs> it's easier um but yeah so we've got the 10th and 11th of august we've got the real-time event and we go through how the real-time event works and how the, how to, you can build armies different rules all that sort of stuff to give you a pretty much an overview um not just for those people coming but for those people who are sort of on the fence or uh, completely new to the idea and want to have a look at it, what we're talking about. Well, so you hey, actually... you, you, if you want to play with the loyalist, you will have Mr. Fence as your general. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It is true. It is true. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to do our best and, and, you know, make it the, the ultimate sexy event, but we just want to make sure that we have, um, have give everybody an idea of what it's about, because if we, we plan to run it again, it's nice that everybody gets a chance to come back and have a listen to it and see sort of, how to get their teeth into it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so we've got that. And then, like we say, we've got another sit-down then where we talk myself, the beautiful Freddie, and the the deluptuously, voluptuously sensual on the microphone, Mr. Henry Steele, um, as we talk all about the military modeling class. And you are bouncing for this one, aren't you, buddy? Yeah, oh, that's going to be so good. <laughs> Best shit. <laughs> Please. I can't wait. He's, he's going to send uh, – tomorrow he's going to send me, like, um, he, heaps of uh, – photos and stuff that i'm going to post so oh wow so by, awesome. the, so by the time this drops there'll be some pictures and stuff out there about what we're looking at and all that sort of jazz and oh it's going to be so pretty um and we could go into details now because we love talking about these courses and stuff and the events that we're doing but that's why we have these main sections of these uh these episodes so you can actually have a listen to them and get get your head around what's going on but needless to say it's going to be all heresy all the time all fucking amazing so we can't wait to share it with you and have you guys come along and uh, be part of those events it's going to be epic i think and not in the old six mil scale either so <laughs> we should we should try and get ourselves through through this intro so we can get everybody to listening to that sort of stuff and you know as it's tradition we usually talk about what we've been up to but before we do that because i always forget these damn things if you want to talk to us drop us an email the at gmail.com um find us on facebook you know about that one. We have an Instagram account at Varangian Heresy, which Eric does a lot of posting on, which I'm really glad because at least one of those types of accounts is getting used. And that's 
us, apart from Patreon. If you come over to patreon.com forward slash the heresy, if you like what you do and want to give us some support, we appreciate all the support we can. We use it to put towards our running costs and to rewarding our patrons for supporting us. Uh, all the information's there. Again, there'll be a link in the show notes. So, Freddie, because yes. you're the man, you are the man with the hobby progress that keeps us all going and keeps the, the, <laughs> average, the average hobby progress of the whole group at a respectable amount, not the poultry amount plus your epic amount, which it really is. What have you been up to, dude? Come on, give us an, give us an idea what you've been up to. Uh, okay, well, I have. Uh... Basically, I've put everything together for the militia army, except I have, what is it, seven militia dudes left. That's all I have left. To build. To build. (laughs) Uh, Besides that, everything is done, and I have primed everything except the seven dudes that I have left to build. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Reaver, obviously, I haven't put together, uh, because I want to paint it in parts uh, first, and then then, uh, put... I'm probably going to do the whole... Uh, what I learned from the Warlord. So I'm going to do like a skeleton build and then leave all the um, plates off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you do the plates separately and then just do the skeleton separately. Yep. That worked pretty well last time. Pretty uh, solid painting process. I'll give you that. Yeah. And then uh, besides that, <laughs> I finished the red book for Raltac. Yes. Uh, and all the extra units gone through playtesting them and back and forth a bit. And obviously, you can't have everything 100% balanced 100% of the time, but I feel like they are pretty good, and at least they portray the theme that I, that we want to kind of show with the special units. That's pretty oh, cool. God, yeah. And I, and I really liked, um, I would say, that separatist slash... What's going on? Militia rules, and <laughs> I have fallen in love more and more as I, I play test the solar ox from last event. Those oh, traitor rules are fucking. They're fucking nice. I'm not <laughs> saying they're not. I just when you say I've fallen in love with this, usually it revolves around sort of like a three to four thousand point army. Um, yeah, no, but I, I, I haven't. Had, I haven't had time for some reason. <laughs> I've decided to do for next year's narrative. I want to do heaps of uh, uh, kind of narrative uh, units. Yep. So what I'm doing is I'm doing uh, <coughs> a Dark Angel Soma Task Force because it's part of the, of the kind of the story I'm thinking in my head. I also want to finish the... Now we've done the, the Raltech list, or, yep. or should I say the Separatist um, Army list mm-hmm. uh, for the militia and those special units. I want to <coughs> finish at least 1,500 points of them for next year. Nice. Uh, also for event units, and mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of uh, pretty far away from that. Um, <laughs> I primed and semi-painted an entire infantry squad for that. So nice. And <clears throat> I'm I'm building a, a squad of rough riders uh, with the old. We're talking fourth ed or third ed dark um, dark elf cold ones, the metal ones. Oh, beautiful! The skinny, models. the skinny, um, the skinny ones—the ones that yeah. look like raptors rather than. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing them. that in, into a unit of rough riders as uh, oh, part of the rules. You can uh, upgrade your mounts to Xeno beasts, which gives you an extra uh, plus one armor save, plus one toughness. Yep. Um, which is kind of cool. They become horrendously expensive, but I think it's super cool and themey. I think it'll look brilliant on uh, the battlefield. And also. I've, I've, I've uh, 
um, I have also converted and glued together uh, Lord Rodius, which is one Ooh. of our special event characters. Yes, it is. Because I kind of see the story about him continuing in the future. <laughs> well, uh, this is part of the fun about being able to write the story, as you can see yeah. where it's going. <laughs> yeah, see, seeing as uh, Eric has done the the little lady girl, like his daughter as yeah. well. Nice. Spoilers. <laughs> and I've also, uh, not heresy related, I've done two things. <laughs> First of all, I've stripped all my Orlocks. They were painted back in the 90s, and I primed oh, them, and I've started to repaint them. I've also stripped all my Chaos Dwarves from back in the 90s, Jesus. and I have primed some of them. Uh, uh -huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a small little uh, 754 that me and Pella are going to play, because we want to re reboot our fourth ed fantasy again. Uh, back to the old world, huh? Yes, stop playing the miniatures that were painted when we were in high school, and then reapply all our skills and repaint the army and start fresh again. Very nice. I look forward to seeing that, man. That's going to look baller when it's done. Yeah. And those those Orlock models are just some of the best. Yeah. Always love those guys. I mean, something about those guys, the shotgun, the dudes with the shotguns, and I always love the, I think it's the, the, the Orlocks who had the gang leader who had the power axe and a bolter, if I remember uh, rightly. Let me see. I haven't. Yeah, Parax and Bolter. That's right. Yeah, I'm, holding, that guy was I'm holding him in my hand. He has that guy was two colors on him. Possible to do WYSIWYG for a while. Took forever to get that sort of combo layout on the old, the original game. Trying to get that sorted. It was a nightmare. <laughs> so I remember trying it. Um, and then I went to play Delac, which was way cooler. Um, just saying. Uh, but that's me. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you, you, you literally going back old old school again and, and having some fun with that and it sounds yep. like you have got those multiple projects on the way so pretty 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 yeah, no, but, the last uh, focuses, um, i'm gonna those were supposed to be my summer uh, kind of projects but because i i was like <laughs> semi-single dad during the entire summer i got fuck all done so i had to focus so i had to refocus was building all the militia as many as possible and then finish the red book team that was like my main priority. Yeah. So I, I thought I was going to uh, produce way, way more, which I did last summer. But for some reason, this summer has just been... Because I, I had my sister's kids as well, and we just went to the summer house, and they were swimming, you know, going crazy, and didn't go to bed until super late, and then up early, super early in the morning, and then off you go. <laughs> yeah, I can completely and utterly sympathize with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Completely utterly sympathize uh, with that. Yeah. And obviously, I, I am Mr. Playdad himself, so I have to get involved in all the fucking playing around activities, swimming, and yeah. doing shit. So it's all good. At least I'm tanned. <laughs> it's always good. And, and it helps to uh, just be able to get in there and have fun with the boys at the end of the day. They always have a good yeah. time doing that. Yeah. So, at least Lin uh, Linus yeah, came, nice over, to make, nice came to over to the summer house for. What? That's cool. You? That's cool. I'm glad Linus came over. He's a good yeah. guy. Yeah, he came over and uh, he glued together five militia and said, thank fuck I did Mechanicum for the raffle lottery. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he, and then he drank beer instead. <laughs> drank beer and yeah, you guys had a great time, which is all, all it needs to be, man. All it needs to be. That summer house of yours is an amazing little retreat. I love that place. It's yeah. gorgeous. Not not jealous whatsoever. It's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to be. 
Yeah, it is, man. It is. Well, I guess it's my turn then. If you're done, or are you hiding like you know, fifteen other projects you haven't said anything? No, no, no. I'm done now. You good? You sure? (laughs) Well, uh, what have I been up to? So it's been a while since we put out an episode, and even then, we've had a few weeks off. So, uh, what have I been working on? Let's have a think. Well, I finally. I say finally, I think I said this last time, actually, I've been working on my World Eaters list, uh, which is currently 3,500 points of armor breakthrough. Um, and after, after all the rules you've been putting out for the event series units, uh, especially the, the recent bout of destroyer units, so we can, which I highly recommend everybody goes and has a look at. It's pinned, they're pinned to the top of our page. You've got a link to a Dropbox, which you can access and have a look at all these units that are available for our event series. Considering that we're going to be able to use them next year as part of our event series, I am seriously considering a destroyer company of some sort now. <laughs> you should. Everyone else I is doing am. it. And yeah, but then everybody else is doing it. But then again, they fit really nicely with my world eaters. So... Um, yeah, I've already I've already started up painting painting up the um, the armor and stuff. So I was looking at the troop options that I had in the list, and I was looking at it and going, if I drop uh, two dreadnoughts and move a couple of things around and give the red butchers a drop pod and a few things here or there, I can put nine destroyers in there. That would be pretty cool, and I can get that esoterist in there. I've been wanting to do. Okay, this is going to be silly. Um, so I've, I'm already on ver- version three of that list um, and have the 2,000-point destroyer backup as well, which is sat there ready to happen. So my militia army that I keep saying, yeah, I'll get onto it after the World Eaters, is going back till 2021 at the moment, maybe 2022, who knows? Um, but I'm working on it. So, yeah, I think, I like just like yourself, I'm going to be doing um, something new for next year. I'm going to be going for the, the destroyers and doing them probably world eaters so i can tie them in with the armored company as well um but the armored company is looking really nice having lots of fun with that uh building some bikes at the moment actually um i couldn't get my hands on the sadly on the outriders so i got some of the classic space marine um bikes and i've been having to play around with them um chopping a few bits off here and there adding on some uh bolters onto the the wheel that lower down or onto the um the front fender rather than on the the top just to give them a different look so they sort of fit somewhere between uh, the outriders and the, the sort of 40k space marine bikes uh so having a bit of fun there um what else am i working on titans as always i've got a fuck ton of those things to work through uh get some herring bikes yeah that would be nice oh that would be a cool idea uh, no, no, I've got these now. I don't need any more right now. Maybe for next year. <laughs> Give a guy a chance, man. Um, but uh, no, so I've been, I've been working on that. I've got a bunch of uh, terrain I want to sort out for my table finally. Um, but I have played some games recently for the first time in forever, um, which was an absolute brilliant time. Uh, I went to... Um, I went to Ajax Park Du, over part two over at uh, at the boys in Dirty K over in Alvester over the summer, which was um, it was a fun event. It really was. I love I love what the narrative there, but there was also um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Some learning experiences 
definitely some learning experiences. Um, so basically, uh, we had the guys on. We, we did a we did it on our last episode, which was before. So quick sort of wrap up on it. Basically, thirty five hundred points um, list with a um, with a sideboard. Basically, in case you're you know you want to sort of even out level out the um, the uh, what do you call it. Um, the playing field per se for depending on what type of list you faced. I think people forgot that was the point and maybe brought a little bit more kick-ass units to just to sort of throw a, a stronger game in, but hey, it was fun. <laughs> um, and it was five games, which is a lot, again, a lot of fun. Uh, first game out of the first game out, I got to face demons. Yay. Demons. Having never played demons before played against demons before um, since their new release, and they they are no joke. <laughs> Bluntly put, they're no joke. Um, they're a lot of fun to to play against uh, if you know what you're doing. Um, but first game, um, it was interesting because I'd had no idea about what it was like to to face off against them. And I was playing the lovely Christopher Vory, um, Captain Cheese Slice himself, and um, basically. I I built my list. I, I was using my Iron Warriors for this one. I, I built my list to sort of go, let's do something different. Let's do something that's basically just going to get in people's faces quickly and see what happens. You know, running a pair of knights to bulk out some points and a couple of assault squads, that sort of stuff. Great, simple plan. Awesome. First turn, I'm, I'm almost in, I'm literally in contact with two thirds of his army because he had some really good rolls from his deployment and managed to get all but one of his units out. Fantastic. Okay, I got this. I've got in there, you know, assault squads charging, doing the damage, doing the deal, doing the nasty. Okay, lesson number one. Do not get in contact with demons if they're within six inches of their portal, their their deployment portal. Remember this, because it's very important because they get buffs, like rerolls on their invulnerable saves, um, which makes a big difference. Um, it's like having a reroll on the feel no pain. Um, and stay away from them for at least two turns, unless you're rocking strength 10, uh, because they are going to roll up with their toughness bonus for the first two turns. Yep. And it makes a bloody big difference. Um, <laughs> because, you know, you roll into some Marines, uh, first first or second turn. You're marine on Marine, that's what you're used to. Uh, you can kind of work out how things are going to go. You get the charge off. Nice. Very, very happy. Um Charging a massive amount of attacks into something that's a unit that's uh, only ten models big, toughness five, two wounds. Um, reroll on there. Also, they they stick around, and you don't. <laughs> Basically, you don't uh, because if they're kitted out properly, you get things like rending claws and stuff like that, which will make a mess of a, a marine unit very quickly. Um, it was a great game. I'm not going to lie. I had some fantastic moments. I literally managed to run my um, my uh, knight uh, Asheron straight into the face of his demon prince, Lord of War, defisted it to death, literally killed it. First, boom, I felt like a god. It was amazing. It's like, I've done this. I've destroyed it. This is awesome. I've got a chance because it was You meant you vanished it. Yeah, basically, because I had a... Temporary. <laughs> Temporary, yeah. Well, this is the, again. Remember the rules of your opposition; it helps. Um, because I, uh, 
both of us were kind of like, oh, he's gone. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then the t- the EO walked by and went, don't you remember you got a four up four up um, roll to see if he comes back? And I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> I didn't need to know that. Um, and then he came back and I think you like, you roll a D6 to see how, how many wounds he comes back with. And he came back with one, used a reroll dice and then came back with six. <sighs> Which is coincidentally how many, um, I think it's how many uh, warp charge points he puts out or something is related to his wounds <laughs> or whatever. So it's like going from a minor threat to a major threat. <laughs> it's like uh, it's not going to be my day. Um, but seriously, it was a it was a brilliant time. Chris Chris is always a good laugh to, to uh, play against. We had a fantastically funny time. Um, next game was up against uh, Sebastian, um, lovely Sebastian uh, from Denmark, and his World Eaters um, against my uh, against my Iron Warriors. And how did I pull off this one? This one was. Sebastian was a draw. Yeah, because I lost against Chris. Um, Sebastian was a draw. Uh, we drew, I think it was like one all or two all, something like that. Um, again, really good fun, uh, good fun game. Um, and then for my third game, I faced Linus's auto reductor list. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> that hurts. Um, friendly list for friendly. Oh, it's a friendly list, yeah. Um, and to be fair, it, it, you know, it was one of those, it was literally the start of the game was basically the universe giving me the greatest middle finger ever um, as he had a unit of 10 Peltas to come out of, uh, out of uh, Peltas, yeah, the, the dudes with the lances, the haywire lances, whatever it is, came out of a drill, shot by night, which then proceeded to go boom, which then flipped onto the next night, which then proceeded to go boom which they've flipped and directly landed on top of my warlord and most of his unit and one of the other units, which then went boom. That's, that's what they do. I know. I know. You should have one learned unit, it. Less than one unit, less than <laughs> basically took out a thousand points of my army. And I was just looking at it going, all right, then, fair enough. <laughs> and there was very little left by the end of turn one because it was massive shooty army, really well built. Um, and Lena's basically just wiped me up and down the, the floor with that one. Um, but that was great fun. And then the next day, um, I apologize for not being able to remember the name of my opponent. Um, but I play, we played a special mission and we had, uh, I took on a death guard list and my prayer tool managed to not only survive and by survive, I mean, he was the last one standing out of two assault squads, two apothecaries, a chaplain and him. Um, he managed to take out Mortarian as well uh, with the last throw of the dice and <laughs> power fisted him in the face, um, which I took as a, as a great victory, but it, it was at the cost of about 30 other dudes. So, you know, it's the Iron Warriors. We didn't really care. Um, but won that one, very close win. And then I played uh, the lovely Un- uh, Andre from Malmo with his um, his Alpha Legion, who also had demons allied in which was like i learned my lesson from the last game so i stayed away from them and shot them with heavy stuff <laughs> and um yeah i managed to win that one as well so it was nice to come out on the second day with a couple of wins but overall brilliant event everybody had loads of fun um you know a couple of things you always learn things like 
bringing a half a dozen or more dark fire lances <laughs> uh, or the castellacs probably isn't the nicest way you could build an army. Um, especially if a, the, one of the guys you're facing is a poor bloody white scars player and there goes all of their jink and all that jazz. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was a bit sucky for that one. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, just make sure you have a beer and find something to have fun with when you find it. When you suddenly realize both your knights and your warlord are dead in the first round. When, um, when your game lasts uh, five minutes, it's good to have a backup plan. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, it was go for the go. Because the, the funny thing was, right, the, the whole thing, the whole thing about this particular table was this was like the the center of the conflux for all this all the shenanigans that were going on, and there's this sort of like demonic temple which got activated by the traitors because I was playing loyalist, which is very weird. Um, and, you know, at this point it's like, you've got to shut it down. You know, the, so like, right, this is, this is my, this is how I'm going to salvage my entire game. It's like, I'm going for, this is going to be my new mission and it's going to be salvaging it in this way. And basically I tried for the very first time, I tried deep striking in some iron circle with the um warmonger yeah. um and to be fair he came down and landed smack down perfectly on the top of this sort of like aztec pyramid type thing um where the portal was brilliant him and the iron circle landed there absolutely perfectly until they then got intercepted by um uh a unit which had basically flesh bane flamers and wipe them out with intercept. It's like, yes, we've ow. <laughs> it was pretty much how it went oh. at that point. It's like, I'm gonna shake hands. I'm good. <laughs> but it's 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 always a good time playing uh, playing games with Lena. So it was it was just a, a laugh the whole way through. We were laughing about it the whole way. Um, but yeah, there, there are some definite learning moments of uh, finding one's own um, finding one's own mission. <laughs> If you suddenly go, eh, tactically, this isn't the best option for me. <laughs> well, you know, that, that don't kill you and all that shit. Yeah, what doesn't kill you makes you rethink your entire strategy. Um, because that's the only way you're getting through. Uh, so, yeah, but that that was a, overall, it was a brilliant event. The guys know how to run a fun event. It was really good fun. We had another um, sit down, the Saturday night sort of round table type, everybody just generally chatting about stuff and, and talking about uh, fluff and, you know, units and all this sort of stuff. So it was really nice just sort of social chit-chat. And um, I want to big, say a big shout-out, thank you to uh, Tobolasson, who basically kept me sane most of the weekend and bought me beer because taking pitting on me and, you know, made sure I was, I was able to drink <laughs> and I love him for it because, God, I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, everyone needs a sugar daddy oh yeah i definitely needed it there um other than that otherwise hobby wise um i think that's really it because i've, I've just been sort of working on getting once you've completed stuff getting it thrown up on the uh on facebook and stuff like that which we've needed um otherwise yeah it's it's uh it's just been you know i've had my kids now for two and a half weeks of summer three weeks of summer coming on now um so same thing single dad summer dad um, trying to get around to actually doing some hobbying happens at like 11 o'clock at night when it's cool and you can actually get stuff done, you know. But 
it's all good. We're cranking it back up now, heading towards uh, Railtac, which I am very much looking forward to uh, GMing for the weekend. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to uh, be good. It's going to be an absolutely baller. Um, so yeah, that's that's hobby updates. I'm pretty sure um, that Magnus has stopped painting um, rivets now. I'm pretty sure he has. Uh, although yeah. we haven't heard from him in a while, so either he has stopped he, painting rivets or he's given he's up. He's painting and... uh, so much other stuff with me. So. Okay, perfect. So, so at least we and know he's also bu- alive building and building stuff for Bjorn to uh, paint uh, for the Raffle Army. Ah, okay, so he's good. He's not anywhere near um, any uh, any rivets. So that's that's good. And I know Eric has been is working on his militia stuff as well. So you know everybody's working on something. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, which is good to know. So I tell you what, we before we sort of talk because there are a few few new things that have come out. Um, I mean, okay, it's not a lot, but and it's not directly for heresy. Um, but you've got the um, some new Necromunda stuff that's come out. They've they've just released literally today. I think it's come out on the community the enforcers, so the new enforcer list uh, um, or gang or group or whatever it is you want to call it is um coming up for pre-order next week i think it is and those guys are just i mean they're not our bites but they're pretty fucking cool models if you want to use them as some of the enforcer units that we've got in the um in our sort of character units um oh, yeah, yeah. yeah i know but with a bit of conversion you can do them into arbites oh yeah for sure arbites want to be but I guess I, I kind of remember we recorded last time because there, there's been a few new stuff like the the Asterius Knight has dropped. Oh yeah, have, yeah. We, have we covered that? I don't think we have actually. That's that's a new one as well. Yeah, and um, the the Moriax. Yeah, um, so the, these are the new sort of. Um, Mini, I don't know. Mini knights. Mini knights. They're not so much Wargrave type. You know, the the super baby knights are sort of. In between, they're still they still count as non compulsory units, but they've got some fun options on there um, with lightning guns and uh, volkites and stuff. So they look kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that they'll they'll find their place, but um, I don't I don't know. I don't, not, I've literally literally this last event was the first time I've ever played with knights and their glass cannons, <laughs> or at least they they were for me. Um, so. Uh, it's been a it's been a while. I saw a knight on the table, but that's because we've mostly been playing centurion or or like other rules. Yeah, small sizes. I mean, we we won't see them probably yeah. until Scandus anyway, in series yeah. at least. Um, well, Gothcon there was like one or two knights, but not that many. Oh, okay. Well, it's good to good to know what's what's going out there at least. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we haven't seen like a full knight army for ages. No, we got threatened one uh, last year, but it, it it never sacked up and came to play the event, so that was a shame. Yeah. Um, can't have it all, I guess. But um, no, I think they've they've got. Um, I don't know how long this one's been out for, but they've got Ralderon, Ralderon, um yeah. out on the, on the Forge site, and they've got him up with his yeah. uh, Retunite as well, which is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I've—I must admit—I'm seriously loving this new um, non-heresy stuff that's coming out, like all the war bands and, and stuff for um, was it Warcry? 
this new Age of Sigmar mini skirmish game, like Necromunda esque <laughs> thing. Just because I'm looking at looking at so many of them and going, like one of the groups, uh, I don't even know which one it's called, uh, the Cabal, I think it is, the Corvus Cabal. I'm looking at it going, a few brighter colors in there, and you've got um, a really nice addition to uh, Emperor's Children Militia sacrificial offering, uh, some sort of carnival of chaos kind of debauchery thing. And like I said, you've got these. Um, these enforcer models that are out now, which look gorgeous, and you know all all this sort of stuff. So there's lots of cool bits coming out here and there. Um, it's just not a huge amount directly heresy wise, I guess. Well, there's a little bit here and there, yeah, but yeah. Bit. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I'm I'm quite happy with the the pace that it's going at, and I'm, I'm not going to complain about that. But I just I like that there's. It feels like there's a lot more crossover opportunities now with some of these fun little units. Um, and things coming out. We've got lots more um, conversion stuff you can play around with. And, you know, again, it's a good time to play Militia because all these things like the Enforcers coming out, they make, might be a little expensive, but they make some really funky um, Survivors of the Dark Age type troops or, um, you know, maybe a Platoon Command Squad or something along those lines, Grenadiers, whatever. They, they'd fit in quite nicely with some of their gear and yeah. the way they look. So that would be pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, there's loads of cool stuff to, to sort of have a play around with. Um, speaking of cool stuff, actually, because we've already Dude. touched on it, how's the raffle going? Uh, I think we're halfway there. Awesome. Last time I checked. Uh, so, obviously, we have a bit, of, bit more to do, but we're doing the telethon next weekend. Or whenever this is dropping, <laughs> obviously well, it be this should drop the, the weekend. Yeah. So people should tune in, into that. Like we, and it's going to be pretty cool because we are all going to be there in place, like in person. Oh yes, this is going to be. Oh, hilarity will ensue as the we are we are going to be doing uh, the the live telethon for DM uh, Heresy against DMD after having done a whole day of of uh, real time gameplay for. Uh, for Raltac, and by the time we're done with that, we'll be going back and doing the second day for a gameplay for Raltac. So it's going to be great. There'll there'll be lots of alcohol involved just to keep our sanity. I think <laughs> more than yeah, no, it's going to it's going to be awesome. I reckon. Yeah, I'm look. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's always a good blast. So that's going to be the same same weekend. But tickets are always available for the raffle. Correct. Yep. So just go into our uh, podcast space and check events and then go in there and basically go down to uh, Raffle Against or Heresy Against DMD. And then all the information is right there. Basically 35 US dollars per ticket. Uh, the more tickets, the higher odds you have, obviously, <laughs> winning the raffle price. And the raffle price is uh, the main multiple. price is three <laughs> multiple. The main price is uh, three fully painted uh, heresy armies, a uh, militia one, an ultramarine one, and uh, an Adeptus Mechanicus one. And yes. then obviously we have a Titan Manipole for Adeptus Titanicus. We have heaps of extra cool stuff. We have the limited edition Solar War and Lost in the Dam. There's, there's so much cool stuff going on in the raffle. I think that this year, uh, instead of having like a Titan Manipole that's that's the thing, or we have a, you know, three night houses. I think now we're spreading the prices, so there's a lot of fucking amazing prices to be had. Yeah. And like three, three fully painted armies is nothing to spit at either. So, 
No, they're what, two and a half, three thousand, two and a half thousand points? Uh, two and a half thousand, but obviously you can probably, <laughs> probably it's more towards the three thousand points, Mark. <laughs> Are you, well, that, that is, that's just an amazing way to get started in uh, in a new faction or new, you know, new trajectory for heresy is pick up one of those. But then again, like you said, with so many cool extras like all the books, I mean, I would love to get a copy of Lost in the, you know, win a copy of Lost in the Damned or something along those lines. Um, there's going to be a couple. I know, like Henry, was it Henry doing the the Titan? Yep, Henry is doing the, the Titans. Yep, yep, and I'm doing something with uh, a display piece with one of the uh, Warlord heads. So that's going to be done up as our Latenikos paint skin, yep. which is going to look awesome when that's done. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I've just just got to see if I can get away with my ideas for wiring, which could be fun. Um, Trying not to melt the resin because uh, I'm, I'm I'm no electrician. Um, but basically, you know, there's lots of cool stuff out there. And and like Freddie says, it's 35 US dollars for a ticket. I do this every time we talk about it because it's important. We don't see or touch the money. No, nope. goes directly to um, the DMD research team, the people who. Uh, who need the money because they all the tickets and stuff are done through them. They simply send us or Freddie a notification of um, when, when this has been, when a donation has been made and, you know, then Freddie uses that to identify who's um, put themselves forward for the raffle, which is awesome. Um, And that way we've got a very simple, very effective way of seeing who's, Put in for the raffle, and the money goes to the people who need it. And we've done some; it's done some really good work. I think we worked; we've raised enough to pay for at least uh, memory service. Was it two, maybe three um, research assistants or something along those lines? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I know. Sean, Sean did a calculation last uh, raffle. Uh, yeah, the last raffle that was. Yeah, yeah. So we'll ha- we'll have to have a look. I'll, I'll ask him when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can recalculate it. That would be very cool because it, it's it's just nice to see that this this stuff does very much go into um, doing good work to to support the cause it's there for, um, and that's all we can ever ask for, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, get your tickets. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't get believe the, the hype. And get them now. Yeah, don't believe the hype about the last ticket luck. I mean, it's only happened once so far, yeah. but don't believe the hype. <laughs> One <laughs> ticket could win it all. It's done it twice now, so so go for it. It'd be absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's good news on the raffle. Very happy with that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for the intro. Unless you can think of anything else you want to shout out. No, I don't think so. I think that that's it, eh? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, okay, we're a little bit rusty. It's been a while since we've done one, but uh, that covers pretty much everything that we can <laughs> think of right now. Um, and yeah, so I tell you what. We're going to head on out to some music and we're going to come back with myself and Eric talking about Railtac. And then we're going to have a little quick break, go into listening to myself, Freddie and Henry talking all about uh, the painting class, which is coming up. And then we'll be back with our wrap up. So there's an idea of what we're doing. So we'll be right back after this.
we're back. And now it is time for part one of our two-part main main header tonight. Um, this is, of course, the time we, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a chat about the Cold of Paint. How, how hard was it for you not to say double header? Then, really hard, actually. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it was double header, you know, two for one, um, two girls, one cup. You know, I mean, I, oh, wow. literally okay. in my head, it went on a scale, right. which explains everything about my head, really. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. <laughs> Way too much spare time. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm unemployed and I have an internet connection. What else am I? Oh, shit. Yeah, I should really learn stuff. Or be yeah whatever anyway fuck it um, so um, as uh, yeah we are here to talk about the cult of paint class that we've got coming up and we can't do that without the the lovable dulcet and and very sexy tones of the one and only Mr Henry Steele how are you doing darling oh, oh thank you oh, <laughs> you do you do spoil me um very well thanks mate thank you for yeah. having me on again. Oh, you're more than one. Again, well, yes. <laughs> I love coming on here and chatting, man. We want, you on as, we want you on as often as possible. Well, we can't find anyone on the hills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to be fair, you know. <laughs> so the only one to answer our so the, only, the only hard decision that, you've man. got to make is, am I, your, am I the listener or am I the, uh, the, the, you're, the guest? You're both, but... mate. <laughs> you're both. <laughs> well, we're hoping you, you like the sound of your voice so much that you listen nah, to your episode. I hate, hate it, mate. So, uh, yeah, that's, I've never, never listened back. Oh, sorry, we'll just put the content out. It's fine. We're we want to break yeah. this four-person listener. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. No, 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 no word of a lie. We want to just break the four-person. Re- uh, re- you can re- do it. Re- 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 yeah, I believe in might, you. We might hit five. If we're lucky, we might hit five. Um, otherwise, Freddie, we're just going to have to go with the create account thing. Yeah, we, we'll create some bots. I'm sure if we have a word with the Russians and say we've got something to do with elections, we'll be fine. It'll be really important. We'll just put anyway conspiracy theories. We're not going down that route. So yes, we have we have the wonderful Henry Steele on, and of course there is uh, there is the the lovely and lovable uh, Freddie here as well. Because what else are we going to do? We've got to, we're here no, to talk. No painting. comment. <laughs> no comment. It's been a long day, uh, and he's here with a microphone in his face. He's doing the god. He's doing God's work, or at least you know some sort of work. Oh, there's something in my face. That's good. Hello. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm so glad this is an over 18s podcast. If not, if you're not over 18, you're listening to this. Welcome. <laughs> There's nothing we can do about it. So, so tough. Um, so, yes, right. Cold of Paint, you're coming back over for third year in a row now. Uh, oh, correct. Yeah. yeah. And so the second time, third time this year. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is, this is. Is this for tax reasons? I'm just wondering. <laughs> is there something yeah. we're missing here? It's, it's 100%. It's, it's, Sweden, Sweden's that well-known tax haven, isn't it? Yeah, uh, exactly. exactly. Yeah. You, you think in the UK you don't pay enough, so that's why you want to come. No, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, or it might be a cunning Brexit strategy. No, we're not talking about that. Carry on. <laughs> See, I was, gonna, I was going exactly no, there. Carry on. Going, no. Just house hunting. Just keep going. <laughs> just, just keep going. Let's watch that dumpster fire roll on by. No, just keep, keep on going. going. Just keep going. <laughs> Nothing to see here. No. But it's great. You know, it's great to have you back. Uh, coming back out and uh, spending some time with us. And it's great to see that the cult of paint is um, just doing more out here. Cultivating. <laughs> Cultivating. Um, uh, everything out here uh, and getting things going because you mentioned it's like your third time out here this year because you've been out. You, you came out for Lincoln. Do the brush skills with us. Correct. Yep. Um, obviously, you're coming out for the course that, that's happening now yeah. in November, and then we've got we had uh, was it Mark Maskelin? 
Yeah, so we, we had a, a new thing for us where we actually had a, a Cult of Paint class where neither me or Andy uh, were there. Uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Cult of Paint's uh, my company with uh, Andy Wardle. Um, this company we started a couple of years ago now. Uh, he's an incredibly talented, winning painter. Uh, and what we've been teaching for, for years doing these classes. But yes, yeah, the first time we've had one where we, which we weren't at, which was quite exciting and quite nerve wracking. Um, but people, regular listeners of the show, there was uh, Bjorn was there, um, which was great. Yeah. Him and uh, him and Patrick sort of helped get everything set up. And this was a, a little bit of a we it, it, we know there's a strong painting scene in in Sweden and uh, Scandinavia, but 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 largely Sweden and, and Denmark. And you know, we were introduced to it through, through you guys through the the heresy painting stuff. That's then grown into into just sort of more general sort of 40k 30k setting painting, uh, and then it's evolved into um, perhaps focusing a little bit more on on uh, competition painting or, sh- or showcase painting with um, uh, things like brush skills as well. Yeah. Um, but there's there's another group uh, of guys, uh, quite quite a famous uh, group of, of painters, uh, Stockholm War Paint, um, and they they all. I think originated around GW Stockholm and a few of the guys um, when, when, when they were there at the beginning of that scene are now heavy metal painters. Um, so there's, there's always been this, this real uh, strong uh, sort of co- competition focused uh, painting scene as well. And it's just something we wanted to support as well. You know, we, we can't put community on, uh, on our posters if we don't, actually go out and try and support the community where possible you know and that that means trying to bring good classes to different you know different communities and diff- different groups of painters um so this is very much a case of we'd work with mark in the past he'd come and, and taught some classes for us when we were in uh, australia and he's done some in the uk um and this was they were sort of oh can we can we have mark can we get mark can we get mark um so we yeah we organized it um and what was very exciting for this one was they got to work on an unreleased model of ours which was quite cool too so uh it's a, a small sci-fi male uh, bust he's about the size of a box dread maybe a little bit smaller than a box dread um but he's very much uh, this model that we've designed for to, to learn largely how to paint skin in different ways but you've got some nice areas on him where you can do do some leather you can do some nmm that type of thing um but he'll actually release this weekend the 24th of august uh, not to give away when we're recording this <laughs> um, but yeah so that's uh, that's seth so he's coming up so yeah we've um we're just loving it and we, we're very much committed you know I, i'd like to think we can do three classes in scandinavia next year as well um, oh. that's certainly the plan um <laughs> You know, uh, in how we do it, I don't know. You know, we might might see if we can work something around Scandus next year. I don't know. Maybe, mm-hmm. obviously, summer's a write-off um, <laughs> to do anything. So well, that's fine. You can have a class uh, with me in my summer house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we come to well, come long, do that. As long as I can come up for a beer and join you, then, and, yeah, then yeah, 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 we'll do it. Yeah. All right. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I actually, I really enjoyed Lincoln. I actually thought the the setup was perfect, simply because we, you know, we had classrooms and we were way out the way of everyone um which was which was nice but uh yeah we we will see that's something i need to chat with with you boys about getting those yep. those locked in for 2020 uh, we're all we're already planning 2020 mate mm. we need to have that conversation once we're done here mm. <laughs> for sure all good 
for sure. Well, actually, it's something we, we're trying to do as cult as well to put out our uh, 2020 calendar by certainly by the end of September. Um, I, I possibly by the end of August if I can get everything confirmed. Um, but we, we'd like to put out the broad years syllabus, um, even if you know a class doesn't necessarily have the exact details. You will know right there is a master class by Cot Paint on this date, or there is a army painting class, or there is a skills class, whatever. You'll be able to sort of plan plan your year a bit better um so yeah we should should have all that up as soon as possible sounds freaking awesome mate i love i love that and you know putting everybody to shame by actually being you know professional and whatnot and getting a schedule out and shit gotta try man <laughs> people paying us money right you gotta do <laughs> you gotta do stuff I, I, I think the answer is yes or in most cases i suppose so <laughs> i mean if you've that's got right, that's why we don't charge anything for anything we do. yeah it's true. Yeah, it takes it's all the pressure really off true. right yeah. <laughs> exactly. it's really really true um cut you close to the bone there freddie i thought we weren't going to go down <laughs> the uh, behind the scenes secrets away straight away but you know, <laughs> at least you're honest um yeah so uh, it's been great like you said it's been great to see the success of what you guys have been bringing over here and you know we we love that you come over and we always have a banter and a good laugh when you're over um and uh yeah i mean um i i think i still think it's the the general reaction of getting over like meeting andy for the first time is always hilarious because it's like hi your hench is fuck but you can somehow paint eyes like <laughs> how <laughs> what is this incredible muscle yeah. memory you have sir? Yeah. This, how is this, this humanly this, possible there's quite a strong uh, correlation there seems to be between buff dudes and painting um i'm noticing it more and more like like there's there's definitely a uh uh what's what's the word it's sort of a when something's no yeah no when something's not what you expect uh, not a paradox i can't think what yeah is it maybe a paradox yeah a little bit yeah anyway but yeah, they that's... embrace their inner uh lady more than the rest of us no i, do, I don't know about that i don't <laughs> I know about that. They, they've definitely got the grip strength for the precision if that's the case okay. maybe that's what it is maybe it's yeah. maybe it's as simple as that Basically, I think what we're saying is part of the cult of paint now. You have to be able to do like uh, get get some of those hand uh, crunch things the in grips, between yeah. brush strokes. Yeah, you do oh, like you. twenty stick, crunches. Stick a logo between, on it, I'll tell it, mate. Yep. Yeah, 20, cr- twenty crunches between each brush stroke, yeah. and then, then you'll be as henches as uh, henches Andy on the floor. That's right. We'll just we'll just say it. You know, guaranteed to improve your accuracy of painting. There you go, Bosch done. Build your rest. <laughs> it's all about wrist strength and accuracy. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about everywhere. Um, okay, I'm going to dig out of that hole before I get into more trouble. Um, <laughs> so why don't you, I mean, you know, we obviously we've talked about it. Um, we've mentioned it before on the podcast here as well, that we have this course coming up. Um, yeah. and we've, been, we've very much been referring to it as a military modeling uh, class yep. uh, because that's a lot of the, the discussions we've had back and forth about how this is going to work, what the... So I want to say subject matter because it's yep. not particularly the the end goal, but it's the subject matter that you're working with is very much around there. Sure. However, this is your course. I want you know, please sort of give us a breakdown of what it is in how and how it works and what it's all about because okay, it's very easy just to say it's military modeling and people will go mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, that doesn't exactly. make any sense to me. And we don't obviously we want a good explanation. Sure. So. I think if we start with a, a classes we've done over there in the past or, or, or that we do very, very regularly, um, there's the army painting class, specifically army painting uh, vehicles, tanks. Um, this is a class we've taught 
years and years and years now. And it's a, a very uh, effective way of painting uh, p particularly 30K or 40K models, you know, very much themed to that sort of uh, setting and all the rest of it, and, and particularly g gaming miniatures. And the idea is to help you produce a very, very high standard of, of, of gaming model. Um, now, some people would say, oh, it's a showcase thing. It's, just, it's, it's, it's all the techniques we use and all of the focus we put on these different techniques that, you know, how much contrast, what color choices, all those sorts of things. It's always done with the aim of creating a great looking army on the board, first and foremost. Um, and, and, and generally, that will mean that we, we play a lot with contrast, um, what's going to make the models look really interesting at three, three foot. Um, and then we do, you know, we do focus on the models where they have to look good in hand. So you know, hopefully the idea is we, we show you from, from experience of painting models for, for competitions, but also for, for uh, commission painting. We try and say, look, these are what we find are the most efficient ways of doing it to achieve uh, a really nice standard of, of, of finish um, and it, it means that it's naturally quite uh quite technique heavy in that we cover a huge amount of different techniques over the over the two days on that class and with most of the techniques we're, we're sort of introducing them you know some of them we take to their that, that as far as you can go with them because they're very very simple but but nearly all of the techniques it's it's the idea is that you can walk away from doing that army painting class you can reproduce what you've learned and be really proud of it. But also, if there are particular areas of the class that you thought, man, that was really, really cool. I really like that style of painting. Then we'll give you ideas for further reading. So you can go on and, you know, read, read some books that we might recommend or, or tutorials, free tutorials online, or whether you, I don't know, you might be part of a Patreon or whatever. The goal with a lot of the classes we do is to not just uh, help you enjoy the class while you're there and learn some stuff, but also to get more out of the uh, things that are available to us as, as painters and as hobbyists, you know, these books, these tutorials, yeah. whatever. So, well, that, you know, a good example of that's things like, um, say, say uh, oils. You know, we we, yeah. we we touch on oils when we do tanks, but it's really just scratching the surface. You know, we look at sort of pin washing. We do a few little streaks, things like that, but and to sort of give give you an idea of it and to try and do all these techniques in i suppose a very safe environment in the sense of you haven't got to watch a video pause it try and do it again watch it pause it you can watch it being done in front of you you can have a go you can fuck it up you can stick your hand up and say i fucked it up and we can come over and go right you fucked it up here's how to unfuck it um and, and you know and, and that's sort of the, the idea um with 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 the army painting classes um sorry fred you were going to say something. yeah yeah because uh, i remember from back in the first first time like yeah i did the course and i know I, I mentioned this before but like obviously i am one of those super nerds and i went out and bought the imperial armor masterclass books yeah one, yep. one and two not the shitty horse heresy one yeah uh, and uh i remember borrowing from the library as well one of those they were actually called military modeling because i was yeah. kind of like i was doing one to 35 scale models as well exactly and and the thing is at the first time I read through them, and I tried to copy what was like the, the how they described how to do it, and and they used heaps of uh, terminology and heaps of like uh, oh, and then you do this method and that method, and you have no fucking idea what they're talking about. You're like, oh, okay, well, I'll try and do what they're saying, and you keep on ending it fucking it up. But after I did my first course, 
and someone actually showed me and said, oh, and also this is also called this method. And I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. I've fucking read that before. Yeah. And then I saw something and it was so easy. As an, and then after I did my first course, I went back. And that's when I did my infamous, uh, what is it called? Uh, the Macarius. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I used, basically, I used my Masterclass Volume 1, <clears throat> did that fucking tank, followed it step by step, using what I've learned, Tying that back into the book, and voila, I could suddenly replicate exactly what they're saying. And yeah. it was like I, I was learning to read again, if that makes sense. No, it does. There's, there's an awful lot of, of jargon or perhaps slightly outdated presentation of techniques. Um, and particularly, I think, when you go into the military modeling side of things, simply because it's been around longer as a, as a yeah. hobby, you know. Um, and I think it can, it can put people off quite a lot. As well, you know, a lot, a lot of the jargon, you know, they'll hear people talk about filtering and, you know, glazing, filtering. You know, it's, it's all like you've just said, there's usually about four or five different ways of describing each stage. Thing. Yeah, the same thing. Um, and it's, it's one of the big things we try and focus on on the classes is sort of cutting through that and, and going, don't worry about what it's called. What, what do you want to try and do? Okay, oh, well, I want to change the color of this green panel on my tank. Okay, here's how you can do that. We don't need to tell you actually what you're doing there is applying a filter or what you're doing there is glazing some paint over the top to provide a filter and, you know, all these different things. You don't necessarily need to know that, right? What you need to know is how to physically change something the way you want it changed. Um, and, and that's good fun. You know, that's good fun for us when we're, we're coming up with the classes. Um, so that sort of segues quite nicely, I suppose, onto, onto, onto the military modeling class. Um, whilst, uh, whilst we have a, an aesthetic, we, we enjoy painting, that's always going to change. And I think it's something, you know, this is a, a heresy podcast, right? But I think it's something we've seen, you know, the heresy is seven years old something like that i think book one came out 2012 yeah, seven years this year right so seven years ago and and you know the game i i feel it's 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 been around you know by the game i mean the age of darkness you know the the the, the black books the, the the game as it were that that's been out long enough now for us to have actually seen different trends um be that in actual miniatures design you know when you, you compare some of the early models to, to some of the newer ones and also pa- painting style um, and that's not just because you know in the, in the early days forge world was was it was created by guys that were military model enthusiasts um, there's a guy called uh, phil stachinskis who's who worked for forge world for a very very long time um, he's one of the greatest exponents of military model painting there is um, if you if you go and look at his work from things like Euro Militaire and stuff, it's it's incredible what he's done, um, and he brought a lot of that style and those techniques to Forge World, um, and consequently the sculptors that were there were, were, were big treadheads as well. So that's why certainly in the early days we saw things like Krieg, you know, and, and generally it was it was Imperial armor, right? It was add-ons yeah. to to generally the guard, you know, but, but oh, uh, yeah, a few sure, other yeah. few other bits and bobs, um, so. You know, that got carried into the heresy for, for certain to be, to begin with. Um, you you had these uh, color you know color schemes and, and 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 styles of painting that was essentially devised by Phil, and then 
you know, d disseminated out to the, the painters at Forge World. And then that's what we saw. And obviously, as, as, as painters move on and as new staff come in, you know, there's there's different art direction. And we've seen in the last few years, a, a lot of uh, the European, uh, the Spanish guys have, have been employed. And we're seeing a much different painting style now. Um, personally, I don't prefer or um, not prefer it. I, I, either way, I enjoy both both the styles. Um, I, actually, I'm going to I'm going to soapbox this super quickly, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I I think there's been quite a lot of disrespect towards the painters uh, at Forge World over the last year or two. But don't get me wrong, there have been there's been the odd paint job which I think has been unacceptable from a company of that size and um, with those resources you know that there have been the odd you know the same as i think there's the odd sculpt that goes through and and i think to myself that that's not right that's unfair on not only us as consumers but i think that's unfair on the artist that they've been told that's okay you know and and yeah that's great we're going to put that out yeah when when it's so clearly below the standards of of what we've come to expect from from that company, but I th I think those are extremes, right? That I don't think that happens often. Um, but I think one one of the things people would often you know criticise the the forge stuff was you know it's it's you know it's not the same as an heavy metal paint job, and you know it's not to the same level of execution. And generally, they're they're not. You know, the guys over there are working to different time frames for for one. But also, if you go right the way back to the start of the Black Books, the Heresy, right? And you can still go on the Forge World site. Some of the models are still those original paint jobs, right? There's an anger on one of them. They, they are. Now, so the Primarchs are a slight, a slight uh, outlier. Okay. I, I'm talking generally about, you know, a, a Rhino comes out or the, oh, you okay, know, the, yeah. Mark, the Mark for Assault Squad or whatever. Those, they are painted in a very different style, but they're painted, they're still painted to the same level, right? They're not showcase quality. You know, they're not the same as an heavy metal paint job. You know that, and for whatever reason, Forgewood I think like to show, like have to have staff paint their models quite a lot. You know, as opposed to dedicated painters sometimes, and, and and that's their choice. That's that's fine. But I do think it's a bit unfair when I I hear people saying they think the quality of the paint jobs dropped off. I, I other than the odd one, and I can point to old models that I think are pretty shoddy as well. But overall, I think the standard's been consistent. It's just the styles changed a lot. You know, and unfortunately, I think at the same time the painting style changed, the sculpting style has changed, and we've had all of the uncertainty or whatever you want to call it since sort of book seven and Alan's passing and all, all that type of thing. I think it was almost this sort of perfect storm. Um, but I just thought I, I just wanted to say because I think it's a bit rough when I hear people sort of saying, "Oh, it's nowhere near as good as it used to be." I challenge you go back and look at those early models. They're a different style, but they're of no better quality. You know, I think they were good when they came out, and I think most of the ones we see now are good. Um, Primarchs are a bit different. Some of the paint jobs on those Primarchs are outrageous. They're incredible, um, absolutely incredible. Um, but then a lot of the time, the 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 timescales the artists <coughs> were given given on those were completely different. You know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, but yeah, so that was just me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, not, not to. Well, fuck it. It'll probably derail whether I try to, whether I don't <laughs> want it to or not. So just, just hang on to your hats, people. This is going off on a junction, on a tangent. But I will say that I've, I've 
I've put I've stood up and, and criticized some some of the paint jobs um, in the past, especially. This is like uh, some sort of AA meeting about. No, no, I'm just. It's just. <laughs> it, it's just. I just want to reinforce the kind of sort of echo on what Henry said in the in respect that yes, we should give these guys um, a break. How you know? Give, give them give them a chance because there are there are a lot of things we don't get, um, especially having worked in, in different types of industries where you've. You've basically mm. got to. That's not quite something. what I'm meaning, though, dude. I'm not saying no, give gonna... break. Like, if a job is poorly done, I think it should be called out. You know, well, and there, there have been jobs. Gonna, this is this is where I was going to go. It's I was going to say it's not directly on the artist, but there is very much a. I don't know if quality control is the right way, but the 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 realization of what's available and timing seems to be a, a thing because I think it was. Um, I think it's Ral- the Ralderon model I called out on on the podcast um, when it got released because it was the paint job that's come out looked very offbeat from everything else they'd done on the, um, on the blood angels at that point, it just looked Mm. like an old cornate paint scheme almost. So it just felt like it had been rushed out, which is one of those other sort of like, in my mind, at least sort of situations where it's like, yeah, I'm looking at it now, man. I'm looking at it now. And I think it's a perfect example of what I've just said. Like, yeah, that's, that's actually what look at it, right? Just, yeah. It's it's a good paint job. It's actually very there's 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 great some really lovely work, but it is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if and you go on the Blood Angels tab, yeah. yeah, it looks nothing like the paint jobs on some of the other models. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's that's what I was trying to get to, mate. Is it's more that it feels like that the, the the it's been rushed out to because I think that was that was literally there was um, and Freddie, I think you can actually confirm mm. sort of back me on this that there was an unpainted version available. I think it was at the weekend there was one on show unpainted and then yep. it came out painted, uh, which worries me a little bit because you then end up in a situation where you've got, and this is what's come out, the one that we have on the website now, that was the one that came out and it was like, it, it just felt rushed, which means it lost its, its theme. It, it's, I don't know, it's voice. You want to be, you know, wordy about it. It just didn't fit basically. I, um, I think that the one thing that what you're trying to say, I'm going to try and put it in different say Okay, I think that uh, the thing that probably sticks out and made people a bit like, oh, what's going on here? I don't think it has to do with, I agree with Henry when it says there's different techniques, but I think that when they showcase a army, mm-hmm. it's that you have a different painter doing different Stars, yeah. and if it's something like, oh, yeah. well, all the other five products that we released for the Blood Angels, that they are painted in this way, and this one guy, he has a different yeah. shade of red, and then suddenly yeah. everyone's like, oh, what the fuck is yeah. going on with that guy? Yeah. You know, it's all fucked, and then they lose track of, well, yeah. maybe he did like a fucking nice shading there, he did like a fucking nice overlay, like the techniques are spotless. It's just that he becomes the black sheep, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I and, and, then, also and then people don't focus on yeah, and people don't focus on like the actual the, the quality stuff, of the right? painting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. because yeah, you know you're how... finding faults, right? Yeah. It's easier to criticize, right? Okay. I think yeah. it it really excites like, as well how <laughs> how good uh, or how consistent um, heavy metal, for instance, is as a studio. When you you know, regardless of not whether you like that style of painting, mm. you know, to 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 have a studio of whatever it is, somewhere between 8 and 15 people, um, working across army projects 
very often working with custom mixes of paint as well. You know, I think to to get that that quality of that consistent quality of finish and and across across the projects, um, I think it's really impressive. And and I think you're exactly right, Freddie. That's, that's exactly it. You you you've gone from having one or two painters that painted incredibly similarly mm, yeah. to having I don't know how many they've got now, but I think somewhere between. If you take into account the fact that they post employees models as their fucking showcase, which don't get me started on, um, <laughs> is is it's got to be somewhere between what four and four and eight something like that. I'd have thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and there, there seems to be very little uh, harmony, very, very, not a lot of harmony, harmony. between it, you know, um, and that, and it's, it's a shame because. You know, I, I, when I you look at Necromunda, they're nailing it. Oh God, yeah. You know, from a distance with a very with a very hard shot. You know, they're, they're putting it out. But but I think that one they they could fix it so easily though, and that is instead of having individuals doing different un, units and then having them all splatter out so they they have four different shades of red. Mm. They could showcase like, okay, today on the webpage, it's fucking Anusha's dudes, and they all would look the same. Because mm. every time you meet someone that does something wild and crazy with their painting scheme, you, you know it when you go to events and stuff, mm-hmm. and you say, oh, that's a different shade of fucking Alpha Legion blue-green. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, that's fucking... And the reason you, you get fucking thinking that this is fucking amazing, even though it's kind of twisting your head, mm. it's because you see the entire army. And you see how it all fits together. And that was, I will say, that's what I was trying to, when I was starting to talk about like quality control and that sort of stuff. And what that's what I was, was trying to get towards is that there are ways around it. And it's not down to the, the painters themselves. It's just, okay, ideally, either like Freddie's saying, put out one block painted of things painted by a certain person to keep the consistency. Or go right. You are now. You know. I don't honestly don't know how realistic this is. But basically, but, going. You're the you're the guy who does this. Mm. If you're you're doing the Blood Angels, every release we do for the Blood Angels, you're going to paint it. You're going to stick to the same recipe, and you're going to do that so it looks consistent. So people, because I won't lie. I mean, you look at it and you go, you are you question quality when things are jarringly different. Mm. Why is but it there's no reason to question it. Though. No, but there isn't. But you do but if, subconsciously. You do that. Believe me, I've looked into it. I've studied it for a long time. Yeah. You do subconsciously. So it's just a. It's a small thing. And like uh, but I'm, I'm thinking from the other spectrum. Spectrum from the artist's point of view. That I think that if a if a person, an artist, gets a chance to show his techniques on more things. Yeah. People will get more intrigued by, oh, well, the fucking Rosalind dude, and you see that on the dreadnought, you see some, like, you get some more examples, and you can, you can, like, that's exactly what I'm saying. You get intrigued, and you want to see, like, more of that. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying one painter, one project, and keep the consistency. But, like I said, this is going to go on a derail, and we're not here to talk about this. (laughs) However, I want to talk painting politics. If we can't talk talk politics, shut up. We'll talk painting politics afterwards. Shut up. We'll take a good talk afterwards. Right. Um, So, let's get on to the point. Yeah, because this is the point. This is what we're on about. What what brought it up was was, uh, this idea of of military modeling and and using using things that we've touched on in army painting uh, tanks. Uh, vehicles and what this military modeling effectively is is 
it's this is the class for those people that that have done things like our army painting vehicles class and gone man weathering is so fucking cool Oh, try, trying, you know, when we when we paint those exhausts to look like tarnished metal, the guys that get a lob on for doing that. Mm. This, this is so your kind of people, aren't they? Yeah. This well, yes. this is this is the class. This is the class for them. Now, e- equally, you might have someone come on that army painting class who who falls in love with the the intricacy of of doing lenses or power weapons or you know things like that, and then they they go a slightly different route. And they perhaps they they pick a, a masterclass that we do with uh, you know someone like Andy or, or Mark, and and they want to they want to take the bits they've learned. You know, maybe maybe it was the the color theory that they really enjoyed that we touch on. They they choose to go down a different route. This this is very much for it's if you if you like the idea of of your army, and it, and it is still I, um, I hasten to add this is still uh, all the techniques we're going to do. It's still done with the idea that you can play with these models that you can you can have an army so if you're someone like a a bolt action player you know this is painting models to look uh setting appropriate for your game but that you can still game with you know if if you're a an old treadhead that loves solar auxiliary and wants them to be that super military modeling style relatively low contrast in comparison to say something you'd produce on on uh uh, army painting vehicles you know if, if things like that is what excites you this is the class for it the guys that spend an hour doing the oils on the army painting class and go oh my god this has changed everything way i'm going to paint this is that class that you can then come on and take those maybe we learn steps one and two where we're going to spend best part of a day learning steps three four five six seven eight nine ten um so we will we, it's, a, it's a two-day class um there's i've I've got all the information will be up but um we the idea is you'll you'll bring a a vehicle model that you'd like to work on Uh, i've got a list of um ones i've I've recommended so if we just sort of open that up now and and again this isn't much like most of our classes anyway you know we we, we try and encourage that creativity and and bring bring a model that you want to do um this is one of those ones where I've, i've tried to give as many options as possible um and i hope people can find uh, a model within that, that 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 they think will be suitable. But for instance, on the recommended list for this, for bolt action, I've suggested bringing something like a Sherman, a T34, a Panzer, Panzer IV, something like that. Um, if you're a 40k player uh, or a, or a, a militia player or something like that, I've suggested you bring something like a Chimera or a Lehman Russ. Um, and then if you're a, a Forge World sort of junkie. Uh, then I suggested bringing things like a Malkador or an Aurox or the Carnadon. Um, you know, they're, they're all tanks, but you know that that's they're pretty different because very different to our army painting class, where we really encourage people to to bring a rhino so that we can teach them a, a lot of airbrushing skills. A lot of the reason we ask you to bring the rhino on army painting tanks is because airbrushing is a huge focus of that class you know you guys have taken it most of day one is is airbrushing right oh yeah for military modeling airbrushing is going to take us a couple of hours in the morning at most right we are then going to spend the rest of the two days looking how we can use other techniques and other products to get interest into that model contrast in a different fashion 
Um, so we're going to look at using enamels. We're going to look at using oils, particularly oils, of how to, we can use oils in tons of different ways to create contrast and create interest in our in our model. So there can therefore be a, a, a much broader range of, of subjects because essentially, as long as you've got a few flat panels on your vehicle somewhere, it's suitable. Um, you know, there will inevitably be the odd model that someone goes, oh, can I bring this? And I'd probably say you'll get more fun out of bringing something else. But I'm hoping that's a good that's a good chance of a good choice of, of models. Um, so, yeah, so that's the start. So two day class, that sort of tanks, what you're going to bring. Right. Questions. What we got before I just keep babbling on. <laughs> Hit me. Yeah. Any questions about that? What do you think? Uh, no, well, uh, sorry, I'm just controlling my heart on. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I've got. Don't, don't, I will talk all about what we'll do on the classes, but I don't yeah. want to just ramble for like 45 minutes. No, no, ramble, Oxa. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but I remember talking to you before that you said you were also going to talk a little bit about different kind of brands and products like yeah. Mig and AK yeah. and so on, and and hit you know tips and maybe bring some samples and try out and yeah. Do some okay, cool. So for for kit list, um, it's 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 relatively small. Um, you're you're going to be asked to bring your again the the kit lists for all of our classes. We always have them to see before you buy a ticket, so you know you know you know what's to do because there's no getting away from things. Our particularly our army painting class, it is quite heavy on uh, on on kit. Quite an exciting thing that we wanted to announce is for 2020, we will be providing a minimum of 80% of the kit for every class we do going forward. Whoa, uh, for some dude. classes, we will provide almost everything. Um, so it's something, you know, we we want to invest back into the, the business here. So, so we, we're, we're working on that. But um, let me just bring it bring it up here so we can have a look at the kit list. Say, that, that so sexy, sexy news, I have to say. That. You're going to need to be bringing your, your, your tank kit uh, that you want to work on. You're going to need to, uh, an, air, an airbrush and a compressor and the bits that go along with that. Um, I've got airbrushes that people can borrow if they need to, but the difficulty there, of course, is we're still going to need compressors. Uh, but we'll, we'll but come if on to... you do like last time, you can hit people up. Yeah, we we'll, we'll talk about the airbrushing a little bit later. I think it's important because we are doing an additional class on the Friday before this weekend class for, for airbrushing. So we, we can talk about that in a bit. Um, we're going to want you to bring a, a bunch of different paintbrushes. Um, I think it's nice for people to bring their own simply because people like to work with with what they work with um you're gonna to need to bring your lamp you're gonna to need to bring a hairdryer uh, and you're gonna to need to bring yourself a bottle of thinner um now after well, that just sorry just to put to our to our to our finish and anybody you know northern more northern than, than the tip of sweden if that's possible uh vodka doesn't count as a thinner it's pretty good it's, it's pretty, pretty you good can, you can use it like 100 percent. you can use it um. okay. but that that should be a social drink yeah, bring bring snaps, bring snaps. Yeah. I, want, I want to try stuff. Um, but yeah, so we, we want you to bring some of that. Then after that, you will get when you got your you will get an email which will will discuss your paint scheme. So you, you're going to have to buy a, a handful of paints to actually do your your scheme itself. And then there's going to be a list of products that I'm going to be bringing that we'll be using on the class. And if you would like to pick them up before you come on the class, then by all means do. If you don't, if if you don't because of budgetary reasons or simply because you're a little unsure you know you, you like the idea of this military modeling but you don't necessarily want to go balls deep that's fine come along and try it if at the end of it you think this is fucking cool then you'll know exactly the products that we recommend 
oh, um, yes. and you, you, you can go out and buy them. But you know, you're, you're not going to have to go out and buy 10 tubes of oil paints, 10 pots of pigments, all of that. That will all be there for you to use you know, if, if you don't have, have your own. Um, so yeah, so, so, so try not to try not to let things like kit list, kit list put them off. Um, so yeah, and, and, and as Freddie just said, we, we are really going to look at uh, exploring other brands. We always do on our classes. We like to use uh, we like to use the best products, basically. Yeah. You know, and we don't really give a fuck who makes them. Um, also, I I don't I I know particularly let's call them out particularly Games Workshop. Their paints are expensive. There's no two ways about it. Um, but I've it's ever since I got back in the hobby, I've never ever viewed paint and stuff like that as a as an expense as it were like that th it's a necessity you know if it means you know god knows i could probably not buy a kit this month and buy some paint right <laughs> it's, it's it's unlikely i've got nothing to paint you know yeah. so so and and you know, we see it all the time like those of guys that did brush skills we you know we always tease people we you know we, we give you the paint to use and everyone's still putting a tiny little dot on their palette Ooh, don't want to waste that paint Put that, you know, put that lid back on. Be careful. You won't think anything about dropping, you know, sixty pounds on a fucking resin Demos Rhino. You know, but no, careful with that paint. But it's it's what I know. It's, it's, I'm not saying be wasteful by any means, but but you know, we, we want people to to enjoy these products, which is why why we're providing them. It means that you don't have to worry if I grab your pot of something for a demo. You're not thinking, fuck me, dude. That's cost me this. Doesn't matter. We've got our own. You're not going to have to worry about that. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we're going to be using, particularly on this class, uh, as Freddie said, we're going to be using products by uh, companies such as AK Interactive, uh, MIG. Uh, those, those guys, uh, Tamir, those guys produce, in my opinion, the, the best quality products for, for military modeling uh, stuff. There, there are other companies that produce nice colors and, and, and acrylics. Um, you know, there's there's ranges like uh, American listeners. I heard of Life Color. Um, you can get them in a few places in the UK. They're a lovely range of of acrylic uh, paints that come in a bunch of good tones for doing uh, World War One, World War Two, that sort of thing. Um, and and they airbrush beautifully. Um, you know, whereas you know, as as great as say Vallejo model color is, it, it's generally it doesn't airbrush very well, right? Even though the color's great. So you you generally are going to use a Tamiya to do your airbrush with and then you're going to use a model color to do your paintbrush work with and that, and that kind of thing so you know we're going, we're going to explore all the range all the products that we enjoy using for the, for this style of uh, of of hobbying of, of painting um so yeah so that, that's the kit list uh next all right no worries um uh, we were also talking about previously you and I about uh, comparing some things that when when we do a technique and then comparing to like real time for uh, live photos references to, yes. yeah references and trying very to very much you know, yeah, yeah very so it's much. been a long day <laughs> no 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 so, so but this is good because I've got stuff I want to talk about written down but that wasn't so that's that's a really good point so with a lot of our classes now or certainly our weekend classes one thing we're doing a lot moving forwards is, is a lot more one day is but with our with our larger classes our, our longer classes we now create a facebook group before the class um and we do things like we have live q a's on there um 
just little bits and bobs, you know, maybe sort out a restaurant for dinner on the Saturday or all that type of thing, just so everyone's sort of, when you turn up, you know, you, you, even if you're not part of that club, hopefully you, you recognize names and, and everyone should start to know what people are working on. Um, when we start in that group, when we start discussing what people are bringing, you know, we will start flooding that group with uh, reference photos, um, particularly with military modeling. And, and this is this catch-all phrase, scale modeling, military modeling, basically making our model look like a scaled-down version of the real thing. Um, that's what we're focusing on here. So to do that, we need to be quite accurate with our details. You know, a, a great example is, you know, you look look at a let's look at a World War Two tank, or, or look at a modern tank. Look at you know, look at a Gulf War tank or whatever, and compare it to a a 40k tank. And it's quite funny because you suddenly go, oh, all the details are not picked out in different colours. You know, there aren't 17 different st steel trims and this, that, and the other. It's basically all been sprayed beige. Now we're gonna, you know, or whatever colour. We're, we're obviously not literally just gonna spray it one colour and, and be done with it. But it's it's super important that we use reference pictures wherever. Now, obviously, we can't get a reference picture for a Malkador. But what we certainly could do is get some reference photos of uh, larger tanks from World War Two that had wraparound tracks, um, and we could go right. Where does the where does the damage tend to occur on here? You know, where does the mud fall off those tracks? You know, it's we're not going to be guessing anything. We're going to be we're going to be as accurate as we possibly can, so that this model makes sense within itself. Um, and that's where I suppose the nerd is, and that's that's something I'm becoming to enjoy more and more is this idea of, of trying to make it make as much sense as possible as as a as a paint job. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's not just using and and none of this is wrong. But for instance, on army painting, if someone says, "Oh, how, how do I do verdigris?" Well, we'll just say, "Oh, we'll grab some." Sotek green or hawk turkis or whatever, water it down and wash it over your thing. Done. You it know, and, and, it, and it works great. It looks fantastic, <laughs> right? And it really does. But that's not how we would approach doing verdigris, for instance, on a military modeling project. Um, very unlikely we're going to be doing verdigris anyway on a military modeling <laughs> project. But you know what I'm getting at, right? You know, yeah. that, that would be much more a case of, right, here's a bunch of reference pictures. Let's have a look at what happens. You know, what, what, what orientation is that facing on? So the liquid's been hitting it from here. Okay, so where does the corrosion begin? And understanding all of that. And then how can I replicate that using paint um, mm. on my model? So that's probably the, the best uh, or the most succinct way of, of looking at how we're, how we're going to try and paint, paint this model. Yeah, and, um, and I think like one, one of the things that I picked up as well is that you know how how we when we do the tank course and stuff, we try to we're really focusing on doing contrast. Where we're using mm. like uh, you do a lighter tone, you do pre shading and so on. But <clears throat> doing when I start reading the books and stuff and and dwell a little bit into military modeling, you see that well, you also create contrast and stuff, but you tend to do that more through weathering. Yeah, there's, there's, exactly. there's tons of there's tons of ways to create contrast. There's seven types of contrast, and then obviously within that you have how extreme each of those is, uh, or, or are, or whatever. Um, so yeah, that, you're you're exactly right, Freddie. That's we we will be focusing far more on our on our weathering techniques to create interest in our model than we will with our airbrush. Um, we won't be doing pre shading, pre highlighting, anything like that. 
that's not how we're going to approach painting these models. I'm going to be using a different style of airbrushing um, yeah, because because I because I I feel it produces a nicer or, or I feel it I feel it more accurately reproduces the look I'm going for. You know, it's it's don't don't just do ten steps because you can do ten steps. If you can achieve something in two steps, do it in two steps, right? You're not you're not impressing anyone if you have to explain to them how much work you've put into the thing, right? <laughs> I don't I don't want to know about your fourteen step you know fucking gold recipe or whatever. Does your gold look cool? Yeah, great. You know, is 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 don't be smart for the sake of being smart. I suppose is is, is what I'm getting at. Um, and the, the flip the flip side is true as well. Like I, I always hate it when people are super flippant with their answers. And they're like, you know, how did you paint that? Oh, with a paintbrush. Oh, great. Yes, thanks, mate. Um, whatever. But I think just to sum it all up, uh, everything that we kind of learned in different, uh, all the techniques that about shading, about mm -hmm. you know contrast, highlighting, and all that stuff, you can always. Like you said, you can always create it using different techniques, and yes. we're kind of focusing doing shading, contrast, and and highlights and so on, but by using mostly weathering and different yeah. styles of paints and stuff compared yeah. to what we would normally do. And and even if you're not a fucking hard weathering buffoon, <laughs> like when I the the best results I've gone is when I've used. Every like a small bit that I've learned from this course, a small bit I've learned from this course, mm. something that I picked up from a mate, and then I done something here and something I read, and then you you pick the ones that you like, like a, fun, a fucking connoisseur, and then you add them together, and suddenly you realize exactly, and this is this yeah. is awesome, and you make something you like, right? That's the key. Yeah. Do, yeah. do so, you like it? That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you, just not to scare people, think that well, fuck, now we have to paint with just using weathering. No, not at all. What what Henry is saying is he will provide you with a palette of different weathering techniques and then you pick the ones that suit your type of painting style and then you can mix and match and apply to any other techniques or like like you said, you can mix and match with non-metal metallics and then yeah. you apply yeah, weathering yeah. on that and 100%. you will have a different different yeah. type of, of weathering because you know when you weather metallic it might be a different way when non-metal yeah and, and also you know you, you're saying sort of weathering a lot and, and we will be doing weathering and, and because i like weathering. <laughs> yeah but with, it's all you know perhaps i think i think what you're trying to say as well is, is actually it's not just weathering that we're doing with them is is if you can use oil paint to achieve anything you want really on a model glazing um, shading it, it, yeah all of it you know mm. if you look at the historical stuff particularly um larger scale historical models that you might see at shows like uh, Euro Militaire or uh, Scale Model Challenge, you know, the Napoleonics, all, all that type of thing. A lot of that is painted purely with uh, oil paint. Um, it's not painted with acrylics yeah. at all. Um, so, you know, and, and we will be spending a lot of time with oil particularly, and, and we will be using it in a, uh, a multitude of, of different ways. You know, j just as with a, you know, um, a normal acrylic GW paint, uh, fuck it, what should we call it? Uh, uh, Mornfang Brown, right? So Mornfang yeah. Brown, we could airbrush on. We could uh, glaze it on with an airbrush. We mm -hmm. could paint it on with a paintbrush. We could glaze it with a paintbrush. We could use a sponge to apply it. We could flick it onto the tank. There's all, all kinds of different ways we can use this acrylic paint. Well, we're going to look at oils as well and see, right, what are the different ways we can use oil paint? 
You know, what 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 do you want to do to that exhaust, Freddie? Oh, well, I'd really want to try and make it look OK. So what we can do is use oil paints in this way, this way and this way to achieve that effect. You know, on the flip side, we might also say you could also use acrylic paints to do that. Go and have a go. Which do you prefer? It might be a little bit of both. It might be purely one. Whatever. But you will you will have the confidence of using the product and, and, and beginning to be more and more confident with its its properties and what what you can go away and and, and do with that product um, just yeah. because it's not something that we've necessarily heard about through games workshop which is a lot of what a lot of us have that's it right that's our intro to painting and, and i think for a lot of people that's all you ever really stay within is is, is the gw world whether that's heavy metal or you know white dwarf articles or or, or forge world even you know mm-hmm. it's it's you know what, what we're looking at here is is trying to bring in all these other cool products and techniques from, from, from outside that setting, but which are completely valid for using on a Warhammer model, you know, or a bolt action model or a infinity model, you know, wh- wh- whatever system it is, you know, you want to use. Scenery is a great one. If you're someone oh, who's God, got, yeah. you know, hardcore <laughs> into things like Necromunda, for instance, right, and you or you just love doing zone mortalis boards, things like that, this this class would certainly give you a bunch more weapons in your arsenal to, to produce very cool looking you know boards with you know let, let blanchitsu you know let's say you've always looked at blanchitsu and gone i have no fucking idea how they do that well we're actually going to look at a bunch of techniques which are using materials in a way that, that, that people that paint in that style use them you know i'm not saying this is a blanchitsu class it's not by any means but again it's just about unlocking those other areas of of, of interest of, of, of painting but this one is very much that we're focusing in on on that military modeling look so to take you through what we'll if that's any good should i take you through sort of what we will do over the yep. two days yeah yep sounds perfect so um as i said we will you'll, you'll come along with your, your your model assembled uh we'll discuss uh sub assemblies on a on a person by person basis you know it, it all depends on what kit you're bringing um but one of the, the the key take home really here is all, although military modeling is this this incredible world of, of different techniques freddie mentioned it earlier a lot of military modeling is done on on large models like 135th scale models so that that is where you know if if a 135th scale rhino would be the size of a land raider okay so when you have a model that is that scale you can do an awful lot of different techniques on it because you have the space to do them. One of the things I found just through playing around and enjoying doing this painting is not all of those techniques are appropriate to use on a smaller scale model. Um, And this is something I first became obsessed with, I suppose, when I I got into Titanicus. You know, (laughs) this idea that sponge chipping my Titan, it's not... I've got to approach it differently to sponge chipping my my rhino or my Mark IV marine or whatever, you know. So what what we will focus on is even though we're we're all bringing models from perhaps different settings, generally they're going to be similar scales. Now we hopefully we have some bolt action guys will come on the class. <laughs> that if you've never seen that, that will be a real eye opener, right? Because those tanks are a lot fucking smaller. Um, technically the same scale technically uh, yeah exactly which is (laughs) hilarious right so you know we we, we will we will always make stuff stuff relevant to what to what we're doing and it's going back to this idea of this is still at its heart for us to paint 
models we could play with. You don't have to, but you could play with them. They're not going to be so fragile that you, you have to sit them in a glass cabinet and never touch them. Um, if you really want to go down that route, personally, I think you should be painting the larger scale stuff because you can show off more. It's the same reason why we produce miniatures at a larger scale. You know, our, our miniatures range of 54 mil because you can do more with them. It's as simple as that. You can show off more techniques on a, on a larger scale model. It's simpler, simply because of how you can show how light changes more. You literally uh, have you literally have a bigger yeah. canvas. Um, yeah, it's, and it's not it's not just that it's not just that it's a physically bigger canvas, but it's that that panel of armor is of a larger scale. So you could show a shadow slowly moving across this panel of the tank. You could you could have the rear left panel on on your your Sherman a slightly different tone to all of the others because for some reason it was some bleached or it was whatever. That's not necessarily appropriate. If you try to do that on your rhino, it's going to look like a multicolored rhino. So what we'll try and do is I say, all the techniques we're going to do will be very much focused on, on, on roughly the sort of Warhammer scale of models. Um, but again, you know, you really get into it, then I'll point you in the direction of good larger kits and again more books that you can go on and, and take the techniques further again you know it's never it's never finished right there's always there's yeah. always more, more to do so you'll come along with your with your vehicle uh, in whatever assembly we've discussed we'll spend the first sort of the, the, the morning getting our colors on it uh, with our airbrush getting happy with with uh, our, our shading and our, and our colors and then that's done and then we're going to move on to using uh, enamels and oils then Ooh, to, to start changing the color on our tanks. Um, then we might switch back to using some acrylics. But essentially, for the next day, probably from that point, we are going to just be looking at weathering and battle damage on, on our models. Um, you know, you, there are, you are going to have hours and hours to practice each step. You know, I would like you to leave with a relatively complete model um, may not be 100% complete again that's not the, that's not the goal um, but if anybody's done say our army paying tanks you know it, it's quite a relentless pace we want people to to be exposed to as many possible uh, relevant techniques as we can squeeze in this is different this the pacing of this will be uh, a lot more the demos will be slightly longer but then you're going to have two, three hours to be practicing things. And I'll be walking around and it won't just be five minutes or so chatting with you. And then on to that, you know, we can sit for 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, whatever, and, and, and work on things as, as, as we do it. So day one will, will largely be um, working with, with oils and, uh, and enamels. Uh, and then day two, we're going to look at uh, things like, uh, I want to introduce the hairspray technique or the the chipping technique so we'll look at how would you apply a whitewash scheme to a tank um, you know we might get someone turn up and wants to do a camo scheme great if someone turns up and wants to do a whitewash scheme i would i will probably make them do a second model where they just practice that step and nothing else because it is a it is a hard technique to get to grips with but i want to show it to people on this so we, we will look at it in quite in quite a lot of detail um, and i think whitewash is a is a perfect application of it to, to, to get the real strength of that technique 
Um, on the tanks glass, for instance, we touch very lightly on chipping, where we, we often will put a stripe or something across our tank, and then we'll chip it away. This is, again, a lot more involved than, than that. Um, and then we'll work on things like the tracks. So we'll, you know, we'll get the tracks looking as realistic as possible. We'll work with pigments. We'll work with uh, mud, mud and earth products around the tracks again to get us a really nice, realistic-looking uh, base, I suppose, for the tank. Really, isn't it? Um, when, when you think about it, it's like painting the base on on an infantry model. If you get your tracks and stuff right. That's what that's what sets it into the uh, into the battlefield. Jesus um, Christ, why did I have to start painting an armor breakthrough list in here? Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, you know, and, and obviously, you know, within, within all of those things, we will spend a lot more time looking at the different applications of them. But, but largely, we're going to spend the brunt of our time working with enamel paint, oil paint, and acrylic paint to achieve the interest in our model. Um, and the reason we're able to spend that much more time on that is because what I touched on earlier, typically a, a military vehicle is not a thousand different colors. You know, the, the, the dreaded back to black stage that, that those of people who've done the army painting classes will be aware of. There's not really much of it because pretty much anything that can be is sprayed the same color as, <laughs> as, as, as everything else, right? That's right, Freddie, right? You, you, I mean, you That's know, right. Okay. So, you know, and there's there's the challenge. So we now have all all of a sudden, we, you know, say we're doing a Blood Angels Rhino. Well, actually, the red's probably I don't know seventy percent of that Rhino. The rest of it's going to be metal trim, tracks, exhausts, lenses. You know, hugely oversized bits of decoration mm. on our Sherman or or on our on our Rhino that we're we're painting. I don't know to be. Uh, well, why not Blood Angels again, but just in the style of military modeling? Well, 95% of that rhino is going to be red. You know, now the challenge there is how do we make that look interesting? How do we make it exciting? How do we make it cool to look at from three feet away on a table, but also for someone to pick up and hold carefully? Um, and go, oh my God, look at all those. Oh, look at what's happening to there on this piece of metal, or, you know, where's that oil? You know, it's, it's telling, it needs to tell a story, right? At yeah. three feet, and it needs to tell a story at three inches. Um, and, and that's the challenge. So, so we will be working a lot, in a, a lot more detail uh, on each step uh, during the class. So if you're thinking, oh, we're going to use oil, oils and amyls and acrylics, that's it, is it? Well, you know, this is hopefully you're going to learn some really exciting ways to use the, those different paints, um, you know, to achieve an equally interesting model that you did where you've, you've used your airbrush as your primary weapon to get that interest in the model. Well, now it's not. Now your primary weapon to get interest in that model is your knowledge of how to use oil paint, enamel paint to create, you know, contrast and, and, and detail and all the rest of it. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, within that, obviously, we'll look at, oh, how do you paint engines? How do you paint smoke effects? How do you paint whatever? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Sounds freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I think it is. Like, you know, I would say that because I'm doing the class. But it's, it's, it's something I'm quite passionate about at the moment. It's, it's a style of painting I'm really enjoying doing. Um, so I've, I've just finished recently a, a Sherman, a bolt-action Sherman. Um, I was working on a, a bolt-action Panzer, but I 
couldn't fucking stand the kit. Um, <laughs> so I quit that. So I actually then have, have decided, and I've started doing the same scheme I was going to do, but I'm now doing it on a very large uh, Battletech um, model. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do those techniques on, because actually that that will be, I think it's about a 150 scale, something like that. You know, so it's a good it's a good size. Sounds awesome. Um, and then lastly, in front of me, I finally have a model I've coveted for, I don't know, since I got back in, more or less. Uh, Andy yeah. very kindly gave me it the other day, because it's been sat in his drawer for donkeys, is the uh, Vulcan Megabolter oh. Macarius. Oh. Um, still, oh, in my opinion, the best-looking tank. So I'm going to have to edit, I'm gonna have right? to edit that one. <laughs> from freddie now so <laughs> i'm going to be working on that in the next few weeks and i'm going to do that in a tan scheme oh um nice. so so, so hopefully what you guys will be able to see over the next few weeks i, I don't know when this show's going to drop and stuff or the, the tickets will go up around the end of the month um but hopefully what you'll be able to see is these this mil- quote unquote military modeling style but done on a variety of different settings yeah. Uh, models you know so perhaps if initially you thought fuck bolt action that's for nerds um well <laughs> I, I does, like you know, you're, you're correct <laughs> yeah, um, but you know it would also <laughs> also you know might be a cool a cool technique that you can you can bring into your uh, your painting actually slight aside Which means i have to re- repaint my french bolt action army correct, correct. Yeah, Fre- freddie can we just make sure can we just be honest with ourselves that every time we do one of these courses we're repainting an army it yeah, doesn't don't, matter re- what don't, we re- don't repaint, man. Just start a new one. Just start. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> kind of yeah. I learned my lesson with my Iron Warriors. That's what you which do. Is, which yeah. is why I'm now stick doing a pin white... in it and just move move on. This, this is why I'm now doing a white metallic fucking worldy to see. Yeah, beautiful. Because I'm an idiot. Now we're talking. You know. Now we're talking. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I just this this tank is just so amazing. But I've got um, I'm doing a, a tanks class uh, next month uh, in Worcester, and one of the guys uh, had come on. Uh, the intro to airbrushing class, which I'll, I'll chat briefly about in a sec. Um, and he really enjoyed the airbrush. And he sort of goes, I, I want to take it further. Um, and, and I really want to learn about weathering and stuff. He goes, but I don't really play Warhammer. You know, I, I, don't, I don't play 40K. I don't play um, bolt action or anything like that. I was like, well, what, what do you play? And he goes, well, I, I play AOS. I play fantasy stuff. And I'm like, okay, so what, what army are you playing? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm playing... Uh, Gloom Spike gets so the old um, night goblins, night goblins. Legend. So, Legend. so I go well. We'll look at that massive scenery piece that came out for you a couple of months ago, right? So he's now bringing that to the tank class. So that should be really good fun. You know, it's the first Legend. time I, I've ever had to do, you know, a fantasy terrain piece as part of army painting vehicles. So, but it should be, uh, it should be good fun, man. Um, so yeah, the, the... Legit, mate. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, it should be cool, man. Um, so before I chat quickly, if you don't mind, on the uh, intro to airbrushing class, do you guys have any questions about um, the the class? This this is the first time we'll ever be running this class, you know. So it's it's uh, it's good for me to to hear if you've got any initial sort of reactions to it. If there's things that you're looking forward to, if there's things that you think. Perhaps you, well, you need I was to say, in more detail, you know. Being being someone who's who's currently not in the position to get there, I'm wondering if my fucked up kidneys are worth anything on the black market, so I can be there. It's unlikely, uh, mate. Yeah, unlikely. It's very, it's very and with the way that the whole pound and the exchange rate and euro and all that sort of stuff is going these days, mm. I wouldn't want to try. 
Um, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I mean, it's, I think the one thing that I've, whenever we've done a course, and we've been doing them, this is like, like we said, our third year now of doing these, um, there's always the voice of someone saying, well, I, A, don't airbrush. Well, mm-hmm. that's part of what you're going to learn, but, you know, that's part of the course. Um, as you say, you can talk about that in a second, but in general, I don't play heresy or I don't do bolt action. Why is it yeah. relevant to me? And you've just completely nailed it there. It is, it is, and it's something I wanted to mention a bit earlier on, but I think you've already really covered it, is that it's another facet to your painting arsenal. Yeah, it's, it's painting, it being, that's all it is. It's yeah, it's just, painting. it's painting with more and different techniques. It's that yeah. simple. And I think that, that that's the, the important thing that I've taken from just listening to you talk about it so far, is that it doesn't matter what game I'm playing, I can make use of this. Which yeah, is, if, if, you find, if you find painting stuff. interesting. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's nice to know that this is, I'm listening to it from sort of the outside, as much of the outside perspective as I sure. can. Because, as I said, I, I just as a heresy player, I want to be in this balls deep. I want to be there. But trying to take a step back and go, right, well, how's it relevant to me? You've nailed that on every question. You know, Good. how is it relevant to me? And I'm, I would love to see people who have maybe a heavier interest in AOS or um, 40K, you know, because there are so many specific styles of painting to them. Um, like we were talking about earlier on when we were talking about the, the, the sort of output of painting at Forge or that sort of thing, there is a very distinct style hmm. to AOS and especially things like 40K. So I, I would hope that the, what you've talked about might get a couple of people to go, actually, I fancy trying something different. I hope so, because yeah, I think, I, I think like yeah, man, there's, there's so much, and, and, and not to poo-poo what they've achieved oh, God, know, no. within those companies, but, you know, I, I, would, I would love to see uh, models painted in, in, a, in a deliberately different style. Um, yeah. But it, it's as long as you dig it, that's all that matters, right? So if, if you like that style of painting, I don't give a fuck what you paint. Right, you're just going to come and learn that style of painting. You know, there's um, I don't know what it's like over there, but in the UK, Star Wars Legion's pretty popular. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, a, a lot a lot of the stuff I've seen anyway for that is painted in a more military modeling style than say a a 40k style, which yeah, is do cool. You know, do you, you know, know something been coming that's been coming back a lot recently? And funny enough, it was literally as, we were, as I was listening to you talk, it's ticking through my brain, especially with some of the conversations that have been going on, some of the groups, group chats. Fantasy. Old yeah. school fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much coming back. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just thinking some of the... Uh, I mean, I'd love to, to sort of... Uh, I've got, or I'll be getting back an old Empire army of mine mm-hmm. from, was it 6th edition, 7th? I can't remember the last edition before it went to AOS. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here going, I'd really like to put some of these techniques on that. Because, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's you know, that sort of stuff to sort of say, look, if if you want to paint a fantasy army, then I understand why you might think, well, coming on a military modeling tank class, what what the, what are you smoking? <laughs> um, but you know, it's is that that is our canvas, and and not to sound too wanky about it, that the, the tank is going to be our canvas because that is where we generally see this style of painting done the most. I'm currently working on a, a six Ed Skaven project that began uh, to, to ex- experiment with the contrast paints and, and, and it went, it went well, you know, I, I liked the results, but 
my problem was I actually I liked the results of the product, but when I looked at the models, it, they didn't have the vibe I wanted. So yeah. I'm now painting them 80-90% with oil paint, and I'm loving it. And it's got exactly the feel I want from it. Um, nice. And I would not have been confident. You know, if you'd asked me 12 months ago, would I be edge highlighting or my models with oil paint? I'd, what, what do you mean? Nonsense. You know, but here I am, you know, oh, I need to touch up something. Right, let's grab the oil. Let, let, let's touch this up with the oil. You know, because I've, I've found this other product now where I can achieve a result far more efficiently and far more pleasingly than I could before using a different product. So that needs to come into my painting. Um, but also just, just the sheer fact of understanding on a, on a, a chemical level uh, how, how these, these different products work and interact with each other. That's been huge for me as well. You know, yeah. there's, there was always a lot of concern around if it's not a water-based acrylic, I'm a little bit edgy. Um, and I think a lot of the time, I found anyway, when I'm, when I'm watching YouTube channels, for instance, that are reviewing products, a lot of the time, they don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I watched a, a review ages ago. For example, I watched a review of when we brought our signature airbrush out with, with Harder and Seabed. I watched one reviewer talk very about se- how... Very, it, I have to, sorry, cut in there for a second. Very sexy piece of kit. Incredible. Two most, <laughs> two most incredible airbrushes in the world. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, click, click the link on the website, blah, blah, blah. Um, Fucking Bugatti uh, Galons <laughs> of, of, the, of the airbrush world, just saying. Um, like this, this reviewer just went, you know, and this, this brush feels really light, you know, I guess because it's made of plastic. And I'm like, you fucking moron. Like... The reason it's light, dude, is because it's like it's it's anodized aluminium. It is, but but it's no idea. Now this person has hundred. This, well, this person has a hundred thousand followers, and he's he's spouting this information like it's like it's gospel. Like he knows what he's talking about. And well, it's not made of plastic. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this is my jaw hit the floor. Making you know, audible sound. It's, it's yeah. just this this sort of. Uh, and, and I notice it more and more. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some really excellent people too. Please don't think I'm, I'm being all, well, I know what I'm talking about. No one else does. But, I, you know, it's, it's a very common problem, I think. And I think as soon as you have a, a product that is less common, that people are, or, are already a little bit wary of because it's different, right? You know, change is evil, right, Freddie? You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't want, you know, so it's, we'll always be wary of. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, when, and when it's a product, you know, that even, even a little whisper of say health issues might occur, then people, people may dismiss it because they're like, oh, do you know what? It's, it's just, it's easier for me. To, I'll just, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. That's fine. And maybe that is fine for, for a lot of people, but for the odd person that really was on the fence about it, but has been given some false information. They're now never going to get to use that product. You know, we might have missed out on someone's incredible army project because of because of that bad information. So, you know, th- this is again one of the things we'll be looking at on the class is we're not just we never just want you to come and paint by numbers. We never want you just to do stuff because we tell you to do it. Yeah. The idea is to explain to you why we use it, and then you can make your mind up. It is literally it is about demystifying it. Yeah, and it, and it's not like it's really complicated either. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm smart, man, right? But it's, it just takes a little bit of looking into this, you know, just simple things like how does paint work? What, what's it? What's it made from? You know, I think if you're gonna call yourself cold paint, 
got to you've got to know what you're doing, right? So it's it's something me and Andy have spent a lot of time with now. Is, is understand your medium? <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. You know, um, and and again, that's something I'm finding with the oils, particularly now. Is you know, I'm a lot less scared of using them because I know what they will do to the stuff I put them on. Fair. Yeah. You know, they're not going to melt my model. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's>, um, <laughs> I, I think like what, what, one piece of information that's really important to put out there is like like you said before it doesn't really matter what you bring like if you bring a tank or like like you said yeah like, man you could bring a that, dreadnought you could yeah, bring dreadnought or, just or an whatever. example yeah it's the the reason why we pick tanks is because it just it's the more natural place where you have heaps of different types of corrosion because you have you have engine oil you have engine spills you have mm -hmm. burns you have mm -hmm. Bullet holes, you have fucking burnt out shit, grime, mud, fucking everything. It's like a tank is a traditional place where you find all types of weird shit on. And, mm -hmm. But like you said with your Skaven, if you do rust on a tank for this course, you will be able to do rust on a fucking flail on it, on your Skaven. Yeah, sure, sure. Like sure. It's the same thing. It's like they're made of metal, both, both of them, like theoretically. Who'd have thought it? It's just a yeah. it is, it's just a style, um, yeah. and, 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 and that's the important. And, and people get fixated about well, I I really want to paint this rhino, and and they get they instead of focusing on on the stuff that they're going to learn and that they are actually learning a technique they can apply to everything, they get kind of tunnel vision on like oh yeah. well I want to paint this thing. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. this is more about learning a a skill, the tank that you bring, or. The fucking uh, you know night goblin stone thing. <laughs> it's not that is not the main focus here. The main focus is how you apply different types of oils, weathering techniques, and, yeah. and paints and brush strokes and fucking airbrushing stuff. It's it's your painting skills, it not is. The actual I, creating a I, tank. I would say though, with, with and th that's all really true, and and I would say that's particularly true on army painting tanks that class. One thing with with this class is I, I do want you to bring something you love though. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You need sure. to be nerdy about this subject. You need to be able to want to try and recreate the most uh, realistic's not quite the word I'm looking for, but but you you want to create the best version of that model in in your mind. You know, so no, there is there is no such thing as a Macarius, but we're going to have a damn good go at rep making. A representation of what one would look like if it did exist. Yeah. So you know, if, so, say it, at the end of the day, if it did exist, this is what its picture would it, be like. It, exactly. You know, whereas whereas you know, you might you might not be a, a Space Marine player and you might not care about a Mar Demos pattern rhino, but hand on heart, that is the sorry. best model to bring on army painting tanks. That oh, yeah. that is largely because of the collection of shapes that it is. Um yeah. This one is, is, it is important. Yes, it's your canvas. Yes, it's techniques. But I do want you to love what you bring because you're going to have to go super nerdy with it, um, which is cool, man. You know, I think so. It, <laughs> I, I think it's cool. Yeah. I, I, I but you shouldn't, you shouldn't lose track. The nose and everything. <laughs> go but full you on shouldn't nerd. lose track that you could, this is like, you, you produce an awesome fucking nice sexy tank or whatever, the thing that you bring that you love. But this will also 
be able to be replicated on other things. Oh, 100%. necessarily yeah. have to have anything to do with military modeling or anything to do with just armored vehicles. Very, very true. None of, none of the techniques that we look at would only be applicable for military modeling at all. Yeah. You know, that was are... trying to say in a poor way. No, no, no. I think it's worth reinforcing, you know. That, that that idea that it is a you are coming to learn techniques and you're coming to learn that style of painting that's that's all it is um you know there, there really is not a huge deal to painting right there is there's understanding light there's understanding colors and then there's understanding how to put paint on something to recreate that um yeah. it just turns out that there's an awful lot of different ways you can do it yeah. um, and very, this very much cool. like much like nmm is super interesting you know, this is this yep. is just another start start style of painting. Speaking um, about styles of painting, yeah, I was going to say we should talk about intro to airbrushing. Yeah, so uh, intro to airbrushing, real quick. You, um, I don't want to spend the time on this class teaching people to airbrush. That's not the goal of it. Now, army painting tanks, we do. We we say you can come with zero knowledge because you will you will be getting pure distilled airbrushing goodness. Um, I. <laughs> I, I don't want that to be a, a focus of my time or your time. Um, you, you need to be able to apply paint to your model with an airbrush. You don't need to be incredible at it by any means. Um, but, you, but I need to be able to say to you, oh, okay, uh, Freddie, I need you to go and um, just bring the shadows in here a little bit more with your, your, this color. You need to be able to go and be able to execute that. So what we've done is uh so that the the military modeling class is on the 9th and 10th of november so the saturday sunday uh on friday the 8th so the day before um in the evening uh, i think it was going to start around 5 p.m um i'm going to run uh, our one day slightly condensed but our one day uh intro to airbrushing class which is exactly what it sounds like um we will strip down the airbrush completely you will understand exactly what what does what, what needs to go where, what you need to clean, what you don't need to clean, what you don't ever have to worry about, you know, and all the rest of it. You know, just just get confident with the the thing as a piece of machinery. Understand how your compressor and everything works. Then we'll look at how do you mix paint, um, what consistencies of paint would you use for different jobs, um, and then how do you spray that paint onto a model. So we'll do very simple like zenithal highlighting. Uh, that type of thing on a model um and then we will look at cle cleaning our brush um and, and and that's it um it's proved to be a super popular class this year uh, in the uk um it, it's it's really nice and, and it's had the desired it's it's had it's got people's confidence up so that they can then come on and do other classes and get more out of them um but equally there's been some people who've undenied about airbrushing they're not sure well they can come on intro to airbrushing they don't have to bring anything literally anything all the kit is there for you if you need it obviously i would always encourage you to bring your own airbrushing compressor if you have one but if you're someone who's on the fence doesn't matter we've got it for you to use you spend the day with it and you go do you know what i really like it but it's not for me because one of the things we'll discuss on intro to airbrushing is how can you use your airbrushing projects so we go around and we talk oh freddie what are you working on jody what are you working on Okay, yeah. so your airbrush might be useful for that. Oh, your airbrush might be useful for that. Oh, you're doing this army. Well, do you know what? It's really only going to be able to get your base coat down. So it's not going to be a hugely helpful tool for you. Actually, a rattle can would achieve a very similar effect. And then that person can go, right, cool, that's fine. It, it's cost them whatever it is, the price of the class, that's it. 
Um, so that, that, that class is there. It's available to, you can come and take that class. You don't have to be taking the military modeling class by any means. If you just like to come and do that, then you can come and do that. Um, anybody who does want to take both, so they want to take the Friday and the weekend class, um, there will be a ticket uh, for, for both, which is a, a discount. Um, so you're not paying uh, full price on, on, on both those things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, if, if you're at all in doubt, um, I, I would suggest jumping on it. Um, but like everything, you know, please, if you've got questions, just email us, cultofpaint.gmail.com. Um, it's me at the other end who's, who's going to answer, again, who's going to answer the questions, right? <laughs> so if, if you're unsure about anything, please, please just talk to us. Um, yeah. because nine times out of 10, you know, we'll, we'll be able to put your mind at ease. And sometimes we will say to people, no, this class is not appropriate for you. You know, be either because you do not have the skill set, and in which case we would recommend classes to help you get the skill set to get the most out of it. Um, or on the flip side, we might say to people, look, you know everything you need to know about the subject. You're just coming, if you're just coming along to chill out and get pissed, well, just come along to chill out and get pissed. You don't need to buy a ticket. <laughs> Can I do both? Um, yeah, well, you have done both. Trick question. Um, I can bring yeah. no bread beer and drink. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Strip it for the ninth time. Um, <laughs> you can use it to yeah, so, so hopefully that uh, that that explains what what that class is is, is about as well. Um, so yeah. So any questions? Um, no, I think from from my point of view, I mean, again, it's we've done it. You made it from as I'm listening to it, pretty clear as to what, what you can get from it. I would strongly recommend people look at it and aim to do it if you can, because I'm, I, I won't say I'm biased towards airbrushing, but I am. But I think it's, again, it's another one of those tools. And it's essential, mate. Yeah, if well, you, it is. You can, let's be if honest, you, if you, can do it, if you can get an enjoyment and use out of it, yeah. it's essential. Yeah. And if nothing else... It is an amazing time saver. Yeah, if, it's, we, it's, and, if you are a, a modern miniatures painter that plays war games and you like painted armies, it is essential. In my, and, and, and I will be as blunt as you need an airbrush, you need a dry brush, and you need a good quality, my favorite Windsor & Newton Series 7 watercolor, a good quality paintbrush. I, every yeah. single project I do for an army, I will use those three brushes in some capacity. Uh, as I, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for the more devil's advocate as the host, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think it, it's it's worth but the I, time. Think... What I'm trying to say is it's worth the time and effort to get there to do the intro to airbrushing, and if nothing else, you dispel a lot of things about it. You get you get the idea whether it's for you or not, and you can move on. Yeah, but you yeah. will yeah. if you if you step into airbrushing, you will get so much from it. And, and you you will meet other people that are kind of in the same mindset as you, so you can you can talk to them. And also, I know that a lot of people keep saying like, "Well, I live in an apartment, I can't airbrush," and "Oh, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. how, how is this going to do?" Well, we all been there, so we will have tip, tips and tricks about exactly. how to fucking airbrush in your apartment. Oh, I can't do it. I have cats. Whatever. Hundred percent, man. And and we're not here to try. It's the same as tickets, right? There's no there's no point trying to convince people to class if they like to come. They that's that's not but when i got back into this hobby you know i i had the thing i i I googled airbrushing i got an american uh youtube 
video on 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 it. Um, it, it was fine, but so therefore I ordered what he used in America, which ended up not being terribly helpful in the UK. Um, and then I spent the next six plus months basically clogging my airbrush. Yeah. Um, I you know I've I've been there with the frustration. I you know I I I've been there where I've been thinking, oh my fuck, what have I just spent two hundred something pounds on? You know what? I I could have bought two rhinos for that. <laughs> or if they um, were doing a deal, you could yeah, have bought two but, rhinos for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one one click. Um, yeah, one click yeah. that one. <laughs> so generous. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's I I've been there, and and this this project, uh, cult of paint in general, but also this this class itself, this intro to airbrushing, much like brush skills, it's we're incredibly passionate about it because it, this is what we wish there had been when we got into it. And that's not saying there weren't fantastic people around that helped us get better at painting. Of course there were. But we want to provide what we wish there had been. You know, and, and we want to provide classes that we want to go to. Yeah. Um, so brush skills and intro to airbrushing, they're exactly that. You, you are going to... You know, pe- people will say it quite regularly. It, it's you effectively you, you you cheat you level up you 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 get a fast track for the first six months of whatever that technique was because it's there bam you've done you, you've you've got you've got all the all the info there you've got all the feedback you need you, you've got all you can ask all the questions you need to you're going to hear about all the foibles then you're going to go and try them and then you're going to get them wrong and then we're going to correct you and you're going to get them right and then yeah. your confidence is going to be through the roof and you're going to go on and have a great time um, you know, and and that's that's what wasn't necessarily there when we started. You know, and so I was going to say the other, the, just to add on that, two two other things. One, you're going to take notes when you do it, mm-hmm. and I strongly recommend that you do. If you're like, oh, I don't take notes when I do stuff, I'll remember it. Take notes, even if it's just bullet <laughs> point. Just, it is. You'd be surprised how useful it is. And secondly, it doesn't stop at the course, and that's important because yeah. you guys have set up so much extra support um i mean yeah. you've got the as off the top of my head facebook discord to start with you know it's there yeah. and it's it's a big help i mean we've done i've done two courses i think freddie's done three or more but we still use it we still use the facebook <laughs> all the courses all the courses we use the facebook page we use discord we chat we ask questions and it's it never goes away no and that's, that's a good point we we don't shout about it as much as we should probably um there is a there is a facebook group for anyone who's ever done a class of us um there's hundreds and hundreds of people in there and you've got multiple competition winners through to people who've literally just started the hobby um and it is it's 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 simply there to provide support post class you know and that doesn't mean you can only ask stuff about your class you can ask whatever the fuck you want to do with painting um and there will be someone in there who wants to chat about it um you know, I said at the top of the show, it, it is something we're we're committed to. We 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 could have come on the scene and we could have done classes where we had thirty people come along, we'd sell it out, take the money, and, and we'd be done, and we'd exhaust it within a year, and it'd be done. And you see that happen in our hobby, you know, not just with painting, but you, I think you see it happen with a lot of things. Um, we don't want to do that. We, me and Andy, want Cult of Paint to be 
there going forwards. You know, we want it to be a thing. We want it to be a, a resource. Um, we want it to be something we can be doing for years and years and years and years and years. Um, so that'll only happen if there's a strong, healthy community, right? Yeah. Um, so that that is something we focus on. You know, we we've got. Um, yeah, I might as well chat about it now real quickly. You know, we, we've got a YouTube channel coming soon, um, which is going to be providing free, you know, free stuff by all means. You know, it's not what we charge or anything. Um, so there's, you know, th th there will be a bunch of stuff there. But as someone who comes on a class, and this could be someone who's come on a one-day class, this can be someone who's come on a five-day class, whatever, you're all in there together. You know, that, that little group there, any single person that's talking in there, they're only there because... They've been on a class, so they will, you you immediately have some link with them, some common ground, whether that's simple terminology, um, or or you know technique proficiency or knowledge of a knowledge of a product. You know you, you're all you're all in it together, sort of thing. And me and Andy are there, but it's not just us. If that makes sense, you know, if someone asks a question, if I'm busy or Andy's busy, someone's going to be able to answer it. Um, you know, and, and it's it's we 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 deliberately when we started it were very very hands off, chill about it. If it if it was a success, it was a success, but it would be a success because people made it. It we simply provided that that room for people to chat in, and as it is, it's it's been fantastic. Discord, as you mentioned, Jody, it's something I really really do want to do more with, and and I have let the ball drop a little bit on it, and that's that's simply my own inadequacies with technology. Um, but it, it, you know, it <laughs> is something. You, again, we, you know, we are committed to it. We we do want to do more with with our Discord. So there will be a lot of things going forward. You know, we we have five, one, two, three. we we have four we have five projects at the moment that we're working on. Um, some of them won't see the light of day until twenty twenty one. You awesome. know, but we are we are one hundred percent committed to doing this. Um, so, you know, if you do have any questions about things, if you if you would like us to come out and do classes for your club, you know that, that that's that's something we've been having fun doing recently. A bit like you guys were saying a minute ago, it is the classes used to be quite quite heavily focused, you know, like a thirty k class, and and that put people off, right? Because they were yeah. like, oh, well, I don't play thirty k. It's just fucking painting, right? It's, it's not. It wasn't nothing. It wasn't a thirty. What was thirty k about it? It's the models we were painting were thirty k. It's not. 30 clay exclusive paint you know it's not well you can only airbrush in that style uh, if you're playing between uh, m31 is it no it's bollocks right um so we've deliberately made sure classes are a lot more uh open uh, to people coming but the nice thing that's happened is that means occasionally now we do smaller private classes for groups who do specifically want a a certain style you know so we might do a a heresy tanks class where we literally go right whip the black book out we're gonna we're gonna go through everything to how to paint a rhino in this this sort of style um and uh, and people dig it you know there's there's a few guys uh one of our local stores you know only one or two more and we're gonna do a star wars legion uh painting class you know we'll probably only ever do that once but you don't know. it's, it's, it's fun right it's 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 fun but it, it's it's you know, largely it's the same techniques we'd be using on tanks, but for whatever reason, they don't want to go on a class that will be largely populated by 40k and 30k players. You know, that's not Ooh. their setting. That's that's not their game, right? That's cool, man. I don't give a shit. It's just painting. 
Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so so again, yeah. If, if there's if there's groups, um, uh, your friend Jenny, uh, Oliver reached out to us. You know, we're hopefully yeah. going over to Denmark next year to do some um, do some painting classes over there with that that crew. So it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's always always growing, and and I really hope this military modeling one's a success, and and I really hope it means that we can properly establish ourselves. You know, in 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 Sweden or on the, on the Scandi scene that you guys know you can rely on the fact that you're going to get two or three classes a year to look forward to and 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 we'll bring to you but it is entirely down to your community um it's pretty simple right if you ask us to do a class and you can get enough people we'll come and do a class right it's not it's no more complicated than that really um you know but you know and, and sometimes you know we don't know best you know, we, we're we're always trying to think of relevant classes for people. We don't just want to we don't want to fucking rip people off and teach the same class, but call it a different thing. You know, is it's what is useful to people. And sometimes we don't know that. You know, we are we're not just established painters. We are so ridiculously nerdy and consumed by it that we've <laughs> we've started a company about it, right? Yeah. So so sometimes you you do miss out on small stuff. And, and and we catch we try and catch ourselves, but sometimes in our class you'll make a throwaway comment, and and actually maybe someone doesn't understand what you're talking about, you know, just because you've heard about the term glazing fifty thousand times a day doesn't mean you know that 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 person who's just got back into Warhammer, you know, since since now that they're middle aged and boring, um, you know, they're, no, they're coming, sorry, it's middle aged and has disposable income. Well, I don't know. That, I'd, I'd, I'd argue, <laughs> that's what, I'd argue no, that's that. What, that's why they got into it. But once oh, they right. got into okay. it, there's no disposable. No, no, that disappears. But yeah, man. So it's uh, I'm I'm rambling right now with that. But uh, oh, that's cool. That's it's, cool. It's it's, uh, it's something you know we're we're super excited about it. So it's not going to be a big class. Um, I think we'll probably do twelve spots for military modelling. Um, again, because I want to be able to spend the time with people. Um, you know, I, I want people to be able to get in and see the demos. I want to be able to sit down with people and go through individual uh, schemes and, 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 and techniques. You know, some people are going to need more time on certain areas because of the design of their tank or because of the paint scheme that they've decided. Well, that's fine. That's what you're coming along to do. You know, if, if you turn around and you say, Henry, I want to do a, a Stalingrad-themed Krieg army. Well, okay, well, I'll make sure that you know all the bits and you're confident with all the bits that are going to help you achieve that. Um, now that's the, that's the plan. Um, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I say, tickets will be on sale on the website, uh, our website, uh, Uh, as I say, you've got the ticket for the Friday for the intro to airbrush. You've got the ticket for the weekend class. Uh, and then you've got the combo ticket off the top of my head. Let's just have a quick check because people, it's all about the, it's all about dollar dollar yeah while you're quickly doing that i'm just going to say that we have um and we'll have an event up in our event section for this so if you go to our facebook page yeah uh, click on events yeah click on events go to the uh, you'll see the course listed there as one of the events on that weekend in november then you'll be able to um find a link and the information to the cult of paint page where you can get the tickets because we you know we don't do anything with the tickets this is directly through henry and the, the guys in the cult of paint so you go through their website and do all that and if you've got questions you can ask them there preferably if you've got questions about the course itself you send them to henry at the gmail on their website because 
that's all we will end up doing for you is sending the questions on to Henry going, please, can you answer this? Because, you know, we haven't got a fucking clue, um, even if we think we have. Facebook's are fine as well. People use that a lot. Just please don't message us on Instagram. Like, Instagram's (laughs) fucking terrible for message notifications. Like oh, every week, every frigging week, I'm having to start some message on there going, I'm terribly sorry for the late replies to this you know, message because... Ah. I'm sorry, this is a shit social media platform. <laughs> yeah. um, we didn't so, mean this to happen. Yeah, email or email or Facebook. Yeah, but like I said, go, the information will be there from our, our end. That's where you can find it. Um, and yeah, Henry, you've got some details on the, on the costing for it. Yeah, man, so, so prices. So you're looking at 180 uh for the saturday sunday so for the actual military modeling class and this is uh, in british pounds by the this way this is no. in british pounds so you know le- who knows maybe leave it leave it really last minute and you might be able to get it for like the price for of some fucking twigs um <laughs> not that i recommend that um actually that's something that, that is, is is worth saying we have now introduced a thing where if if we don't have a minimum amount of ad- attendees for an international class by a certain date um, the class is is cancelled. Um, just so you know, that's usually four to six weeks out from when the class happens. Uh, you'll get a full refund if that does happen. Um, so we've never had that be an issue. Um, we don't actually have to do it, but you know, we've, we've had to do it in the UK a couple of times due to due to scheduling issues. But um, no, if anything does change, you you will automatically get your money back. Um, we if you cancel your ticket within. A month of the class happening, so uh, let you know less than four weeks before the class. Uh, then we will only offer a refund if we can resell your ticket. Um, all that information's on the ticket when you buy it, but I, I do think it's worth saying because uh, as we're we're striving to be more and more professional with everything that we're doing, and actually yeah. that type of stuff's in, in, important to know. You know, if you if you would like to come on this class, get a ticket. Don't don't wait until two weeks out and think, oh yeah, I might jump on it because if you've all done that, the class isn't happening. Yeah. Um, you know, if, just, if, all just, other, just if everybody else has already gotten out and gotten the tickets ahead of you. Well, that's the, yes, exactly. That's, that's the, other one. That's, that's that's the, the situation one. that generally happens. Yeah, exactly. Which is lovely, yeah. you know, but you know, we, we have to be, we have to be realistic about this thing. So there'll, there'll be 12 spots available for the military modeling. Um, and I will make uh, probably t- tw- 12 at most available for the intro to airbrushing. I'm sure a lot of the guys that are doing, the military modeling i hope anyway you know will have will have done for instance our army painting class um so some of those guys aren't going to want to bother with the intro to airbrushing you know don't get me wrong there's bits and bobs we cover on that that we don't on that class but you know, generally you, you, you'll, you'll be you're absolutely fine you have a hundred percent have enough knowledge to do the airbrushing required on this class um and as i said you equally you, if you can't make the weekend for whatever reason but you would like to do the airbrushing class that's that's a hundred percent you know, it's, it's effectively we're coming over and doing two classes. Uh, we're doing a Friday yes. class and we're doing a Saturday Sunday class. Um, so the one day class is seventy five, and as I say, for that, um, all your kit and models and everything is is provided for you. Um, so you know, if, if there's anything putting you off, don't don't let it. Um, yeah. Jump 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 in on it. Yeah, and like for for us locals, if if you need to borrow anything just let us know and you know, yeah yeah there's nothing we can't find in in my attic <laughs> in the dungeon yeah well, I was saying the, por- the portal to 19 1990 something yeah. back storeroom of gw and nothing yeah. Yeah. but uh just to bring it right away back to what your fucking podcast is about um really? i am uh i am 
looking at implementing all of these techniques on my current new uh, 30k project for night lords so we're gonna see we're gonna see if it works it might Whether work with blood. It might not i don't know um but they the models are, are finally built no, 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 no. it's, going to, it's nah, going to work no no man sometimes it's not appropriate right it's it's a big risk right they are a, they're a dark scheme anyway yeah true. you know i've got I've really got to 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 work out actually one of the other things they're a guinea pig for is we're going to be doing a basing course uh in, in the new year um a part of the syllabus it will get added in so they're going to be a bit of a guinea pig for one of those styles of basing as well nice. do, do something on army displays as well just saying just saying oh, you mean you mean like a like a display board type thing yeah 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 we are we are talking with a, a person at the moment about whether we can do a scenery uh painting class that would be very uh, cool. we're actually we're going to look at uh, incorporating oh, bases and building it as well. is kind of the same thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is and it isn't um i but think we're yeah. we're focusing on the basis of of again for gaming um you know cool but but still you know but you should be able to use them what about clear bases? <laughs> i don't know why you hurt me like this is it, is it okay if I bring like you know a uh, 180 mil base? We're and I glue, don't talk uh, about gluing dice to it. Look, that, that's, that's, <laughs> can we weather that? We don't. If we keep talking about it, it'll never die. Can we weather, can we weather the dice <laughs> that I'm using to represent my army, please? <laughs> God, that was a travesty. Um, <laughs> great event though, Lincoln. Yeah. Awesome event. If you can go, go. I really. Yeah. Don't go no, to the dice cool. event. <laughs> Come to our. <laughs> Oh shit! No, we did, did there. Let's stop. We will perpetrate it. Loads of other ways. <laughs> no, no, man. I'm, uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the class. I'm really looking forward to seeing a bunch of different vehicles as well. You know, I, I hope we get some, some bolt. This, this class really, or the reason it's debuting in Sweden is because you know Freddie had said there was a few guys at the club that were were sort of hardcore bolt action players, and but were also really interested in the the painting side of it as well. Um, yeah. You know, so this this is to. I remember Ulf um, did some. What are they called? Uh, Hanomags? Is that the, th the thing that's like a truck with a canvas back on it? Oh, is the what the half track or the? Um, no, it's like the... it's just a normal truck, but like yeah. with a with a canvas. Oh, the Opel bit Blitz. Yes, the that. Yes, that's, that's it. So yeah. I remember Ulf did a few of those on a on the. On and the didn't Joan do like a T thirty four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you know, there's, there's. I'm hoping we'll see a few of those guys on the class. I think that'd be fun. And as I yeah. say, if, if any of the guys that have done our our class are army painting tanks before, if there was elements of that class that really, really resonated with you, particularly working with materials like oils, but also the idea of trying to recreate an effect, you know, how to make something look as much as possible like burnt metal or mud or or whatever. If that's what interests you this is worth jumping on. Um, there will be very little repetition um, outside of the fact that we'll be using paintbrushes and oil paint. There's, there really is, is very little repetition um, between those two classes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully some and movies and some other places. Yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be great, mate. It's going to be absolutely baller. And hopefully, you know, we'll have, have a bit of food in the evening on the Saturday. You know, again, it's not it's not going to be we're not going to be painting till midnight. You can if you want. I think we've got the venue, but yeah. you know, 
we'll we'll be done in time to have a relaxed evening together. Hopefully, either play a game or just drink some beers, um, smoke a kipper, and so on. Yeah, exactly. So, so know, I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. You know, this is <laughs> this is as much you know for me going out and and, and getting to meet meet that community um, as well. And by which time we're going to be filming loads anyway, so you're all going to have to be on the YouTube channel. So. Oh, thank God! I'm awesome. actually going to be there. Then. Yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. I don't have to have a shave. Brilliant! I love it. Awesome. We, would, love we wouldn't have made you shave. Like, what? What do you think? It's it's not like grinder or something. It's not. It's, <laughs> well, it's not like it's not like the so, new you know. the new hobby Tinder. It's it's. Well, and you never know, mate. <laughs> some people like that. That's Eric. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, life is a party on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Please tag them on all your heresy pinch, pinch, uh, pictures. <laughs> that's very important. Um, yeah. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you you coming on and talking about the course. I mean, it, it's super important. We want to see this thing take off and fly and have um, loads of success. And, you know, we'll be there. Um, at least Freddie will be there, that's for sure. Yep. Um, and then, you know, some of the usual suspects will be there, and we hope to see new faces as well. Yeah. Um, and like we said, you know, if you have questions, direct them directly to, to um, the guys at Cult Paint. If you're not sure, don't worry, send them to us as well. We're more than happy to help out. Um, definitely yeah, and if, if you're traveling or coming from like interstate or whatever, uh, or the equivalent in Sweden. Uh, then uh, just let us know like if you want recommendation for a hotel if you want to know about food place if you want to let's say you're scrunched with the accommodation maybe we can sort something out for you you know like we, we're just here to help you guys out yeah yeah well yeah. thanks thanks very much for having me on I, I hope that wasn't too dry um but no, I, I think when it's, when it's a new class you know i i i really appreciate being able to, to to go into the details on it um yeah, i want it's... people to know know what they're they can expect from it. Yeah, we, yeah. To, you know, from I'll say from my point of view, and I'm sure Freddie's point of view is that we want to just show what the cult of paint is bringing, because we want to keep this, you know, this keep this rolling, keep new stuff coming out, keep having you come over. Yeah, man. half of it is an excuse to just to meet and drink. That's yeah, but, you never need an excuse for that. No, true, Drink. but it always helps. Um, but uh, at least for those that, I mean, that are I married pretended, or require I pretended I was taking place in a Titanicus event. You know, the problem <laughs> was it turns out turns out we all were, and oh, no one actually had a <laughs> fucking clue. We all. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm sandbagging that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> best but, best know. event there's ever been, mate. Best event I've ever been to. It was, it was yeah. wonderful. I was going to say the review from that was best event we've ever run. Nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. It was totally chill. I'm like, fantastic. Yeah, yeah we have to. Everyone played the rules they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 you know it is true to get the most out of the Titanicus rulebook. You need six to eight people uh, constantly looking at it, trying to make head nor tails of what fucking order everything's in in the book. So I'm just so making it that was, shit up. It was useful. Love. It was really helpful. Yeah, um, brilliant. Yeah, better now. Thanks, man. No worries at all. Well, uh, um, Freddie, any last words from you? Otherwise, I'm going to wrap no, no, it up. No, can't wait to meet you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you what. So, music. We need some music. So, all this talk of uh, military modelling. Yes. Uh, and this this Night Lords project I've been working on. So, right, right, it's, okay. it's I'm running. I'm going to be running these Night Lords as a um, Black Shields force um, because I actually found that. Is this is post Kurz uh, being caught by the by the lion and everything, 
Um, uh, I actually felt... Was that post-Sevatar the, riding a, riding a light? Yes, the coolest thing that's ever happened in Heresy. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it, it was just... It allows me to better represent how I picture this, this project. Um, uh-huh. And actually, you... you there's a certain wrought by war you can use and if you essentially say that heavy chain blades you just use chain glaives as a, as the model instead it, it effectively makes no fucking difference um you know rules wise and stuff it just just allows a, a little bit more freedom modeling wise um but i'm using or i have used the new uh 40k chaos plastic kit okay um as as a base for it now i have trimmed all of the icons off, all of the arrows on the armor and everything. You know, it's, it's been a lot of work, but it's been very rewarding. It, this is only going to be a Zone Mortalis project as well. Um, because I want to... Yeah, well, I want to build it as a boarding force, right? So I, I kind of think, you know, what can fit in a Stormbird or, or that type? I was going to say, if there's any way of actually forcing yourself to stay to a Zone Mortalis force... Yeah, there is, scraping man. All just, the fucking... yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, scraping that off. And also, just use, use the plastic bases, because they only come in, like, three sizes, so you can't can't have loads of stuff um but yeah so, so you know that that's the base of them and as i say i'm, I'm going to paint them up uh very very heavily weathered you know there will be salvaged pieces of of different legions armor um a, a lot of this really is it's inspired by the the 40k night lords books that, that dempsey bowden wrote because they for for the characters within those books it's effectively the heresy only happened 100 years ago um yeah. so you know they are for all intents and purposes they are heresy era you know uh marines you know they view modern marines as thin bloods and uh and all of it so I, I i quite like you know that that's that's the aesthetic uh sort, okay. of, sort of drive on this and it's been fun man i mean don't get me wrong a good 40 percent of the model is still 30k pieces um you know i, I am i am obsessed with it looking correct you know, please, please don't think this is this isn't a true scale project where I've stuck a power armor torso on Terminator legs. You know, I've given it a little bit more thought <laughs> than that. Um, so, you know, I give a shit about this one. So that's me just if you've done that and you like it, I'm sorry. It's, it's really cool. Um, so, uh, but what I'm, getting, what I'm getting at is while I've been building them, uh, I've been listening to one band only. Uh, okay. and, so, and that is Sabaton because I've only recently discovered oh, yes. Sabaton and really? oh my god they're incredible like ha- it's just amazing absolutely amazing so yeah really? yeah like they've been on the periphery okay. you know and I just dismissed them as a gimmicky band right dude um, and they came on they came on like my uh, remember my Spotify shuffle Swedes um, yeah exactly right <laughs> so, but you know I thought they were the, they, like I said they were a gimmick band or they do songs about war or something or whatever and they came up on shuffle and I was like fuck this this sounds really cool what is this and then that's that was it I just haven't looked back basically um, so please may I have a Sabaton track any particular Sabaton track uh, as we've gotten this far I feel like it's the soundtrack to Unite Lords so I need to uh, I need to potentially something specific. Oh man, I do really like Blood of Bannock. Um, John, Blood of Bannock. I mean, Sparta's a great one. Could just mm. go with Sparta. Um, well, yeah, go, go, go. Do you know what? Do you know Night what? Witch. Do you know yeah. what? Right, I'm sorry, sorry. Executive decision here. Fuck it. You can have Blood of Bannock and Sparta. 
Thanks, because mate. we've already got a third song from you, which is going to absolutely frame this episode nicely. Oh, beautiful. So, because it's you, oh, thanks, we mate. love you. That's what you're going to get. Okay, there we are. Music Amazing. choice for Amazing. this episode. I regret chosen nothing. by Henry. <laughs> Don't regret it. Just let it flow, mate. It's let just the Baywatch theme tune on loop. Shit, Chuck, I was, we talked about this off air, man. It's <laughs> fine. All right, I'll switch it for the very nice audio theme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. <laughs> Brilliant. Yep, so we'll do that. We'll make that work for you. Well, thank you very much, buddy. Um, we love you for it. really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, we can't wait. Uh, I sincerely hope I can make it. Um, I'm going to have to crib off any notes that I can find from anybody who's there or make it next time. So, um, so thanks yeah. very much again for having me on. Really anytime, brother, anytime. Always welcome aboard the Varangian Heresy Express, always. Um, well, that being the case then, guys, I'm going to quickly wrap it up because we're going to go to um, musical break, as just chosen by Henry, and then we'll be back with our uh, wrap-up report on the uh, real-time event, the real-time, Realtac real-time event. Yeah, that looked amazing, man. A the couple, a couple of... Uh, that looks super cool. A week or so ago, uh, because, uh, because of, you know, summer and stuff and things, we didn't actually get the pre-episode out, which we're a bit, bit disappointed about, but hey, you get to hear about how fucking cool it is after the fact. Um, <laughs> you get the, you know, disappointed that I wasn't there episode instead. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty much what it'll be. Um, but, you know, we do our best for our listeners, what can I say? Um, so we will make it happen for you. Um, so, yeah, we will be right back after this. Come to fight! 
and we're back and now it's time to do a bit of a catch-up um and an after action report of our latest event now uh for those of you who've been following the podcast for a little while and have been following our schedule you should hopefully be aware that the last event that we ran which was about 10 days ago is when it uh, in real time, so God knows when that is for you. 10th of August weekend uh, was our real time. See what I did there? Real time. See, I'm being all topical and shit. Um, was our real time event. And we did do this lovely, descriptive, hour long, pre episode, usual event players back as we did. And then, yeah, just stuff went south. So we didn't get, didn't get out in time. So what we're going to do is we've got uh, myself. Uh, the lovable Great Dane, Eric, and uh, our lovely friend of the show, part of the event team himself, is the wonderful Peter. Both Danes, so be gentle on them when you listen. Um, and they are the brains behind the real-time system in and of itself. Um, not just the, the sort of gameplay, but when we actually talk about how the real-time event works, we're going to start talking about um, software and maps and interactive stuff. That's all, Pete. That's all your bag, right, Peter? Yep, it is. And that the math. Is all your, and, and the math. Basically, you math hard. Um, and yes. you math hard you math hard for heresy. So I, I, I try. I'm not a very good I'm not very good at math, but I try. It's a t it's a t shirt there, hashtag math for heresy. Not math even hard once. for heresy. You know, could work. Yeah. Probably wouldn't sell any, but you know. <laughs> I'd buy it. You would, well, okay, there's one. You buy yourself a t shirt. I like it. They're done. We'll do it. We might actually sell a t shirt for once. Um so yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to sort of break it into break this next session into two very simple bits. We're going to have a quick chat about real time in and of itself to give you an idea about real time, and then we're going to talk about the event itself. And both um, Eric and Peter were there as players. Eric was there as the uh, faction general for the separatists, and Peter was there as one of the loyalists. Um, I couldn't make it, unfortunately, due to real life basically saying no and we're going to step on your bollocks and ruin that for you, which is very pleasant of real life, and I wish it would stop doing that. Um, so I missed the chance to GM it, but I did send up some notes, and hopefully there was some fun had by everybody through those. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have – that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to talk about. That's how it's going to be. So starting off, um, Eric, as you, you, you know, between yourself, Peter, and a little bit on my end as well – been running events for a while now with real time. Give everybody, give everybody, and just a, a general overview about what real time is, so they can understand. Tell us about real time. Yeah. Um, basically, the in, yeah. If we start with the normal games, you just get an opponent, you go to a table, you play a game, and that's it. Uh, when we do the real time, you have a map. Which uh, you walk, you move your army around on the map, and you can participate in battles. You can leave battles. You can completely fuck up someone else's battle or someone else's battle because you uh, arrive in the middle of it. Um, and if you feel like it, you can go two against one and stuff like that. So basically, you move around the map. You have your armies moving in real time. So basically, you you have a tactical level where it's the battle you're in and then you have the strategic level where you have the whole map who own who owns which territories the territories gives a bonus to people who own them mm -hmm. um, so all the time you have to go through go look first of all uh 
is it going well in my own battle but you also have the the very big uh, question sometimes if uh, if you're even supposed to be where you are in the battle um because you you need to make sure you're fighting the right place to hold the right territories um so you basically get a lot of games in a short time um and it's and you get a lot of situations you don't really see normally and some units that are suddenly really useful uh in this type of games where they're not usually as useful in uh, in normal games uh so so a very different uh kind of playing you could say mm-hmm. um yeah and then we had uh peter coming in and uh, developing software so instead of having a guy doing a full-time job at all our events <laughs> re- uh, finding out who moves where uh then we just have a system you uh control from your mobile phone um yeah, yeah so that that's the s- really short version of it mm-hmm. and the key thing the key thing about this as we mentioned it is real time there yeah. is re- it is literally in the time on a clock things happen when they happen they can be tracked they can be watched they can be um you know followed all that sort of stuff they they exist and yeah uh, so peter you, you you know as uh as eric was saying you sort of came in and, and made this a lot of buggers like myself who go in and try and manage this stuff without going completely mental yeah um, basically took it to the next level yeah so, so I, do you want to I, tell I, us about what you've been doing with that uh, yeah and, and then peter went crazy yeah, so uh, I saw uh, you, Jody, GM, uh, I think it was my <laughs> second Raltech game, where you ended up falling asleep after an hour and a half, because the first hour consisted of 17 people wanting to tell you all the moves that they were doing. Pretty and much, that yeah. Was <laughs> um, that was just <laughs> not feasible at all. So I sat down with Eric after, I think it was Scandus last year, and uh, talked about how we could make Raltech better, how could we make a proper real-time system using IT, because I'm a programmer by trade. Um, and I had some ideas for how to pull it off. Um, and then Eric and I sat down and, and hashed that out. And I sp- spent quite a bit of time at this point programming it, making the graphics, um, testing it with Eric and uh, you and my girlfriend and a few other people. And we've deployed it twice, I think, at this point. Um, three times. Three times. Yeah. Or two two tournaments, but three times if you can't. We had a testing round where we were a bunch of people. Just oh yeah, true, stuff. true. Yeah, but at, at two at two actual events we've we've run it, and it's it's worked uh, pretty damn well uh, both times, I'd say. Yeah. Definitely. No yeah, thanks. Uh, this is the second time where we had the agents too, um, as part of the basically the first time we didn't have agents, which is the guys that capture territories and stuff on the map, and this time we had everything, and it was fucking amazing, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. It's uh, yeah. it's it's been great fun to program so far, and we have a lot more features going into it. Um, every time we play, we will be uh, we'll, we'll be adding uh, new features, new uh, new graphics, and all those kind of things to make it look real goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Um, to make it uh, to make it worth uh, using, so to speak. My my end goal is to make it use like uh, make it look like you're standing with a data slate, and that the big map up <laughs> on a big screen or a projector will look like some sort of actual tactical map that could be in the universe. Awesome, and that's I mean that's the 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 key one of the key functionalities of it from a tech standpoint is that players, when doing something in real time, just like anything else in real life, 
you've got to keep track of everything and you've got to try and make sure that you know where you are when something is happening, you know, when it's when something's going to land, when something's going to arrive. All of those facets have to be tracked and having the software where you can visibly see this stuff, that is, that that's like I said, the next level of things um, on this type of play. And it's, it's, you know, it makes it so much more interesting. And from a part from a player's point of view, you get to literally see where your army is and what it's doing. And there's the, you know, if especially I think from a storytelling point of view, if you love the, you know, this is what's going on, you can literally see right. My, you know, how, are we going to clash here? Is this going to happen? How am I going to have to do stuff? Um, and so we yeah, have, yeah, yeah, and we talked about an amazing feature that's going to come in the future. We we just had to add that because it's going to make it. It's going to take it to the next level. I asked Peter in the car home, like, dude, I want to see what happens. Like, not only where I was, but in general. And Peter said it was uh, possible to program that we can replay the whole shit in, uh, like, make basically a movie of what happens when the event is done. That's, that's the goal, yeah. What? Um, that, that's the goal, yeah. Uh, yeah. It should, from a technical standpoint, it should be possible. When that will be done, I can't tell yet. Uh, no. I know we have to revamp some of how I uh, save data. Um, but in, in the future, that should be coming so that you can replay after an event and see everything that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be used for trailers for the next event and, you know, small things like that. That sounds very, very cool. Yeah. So with the uh, – what's been one of the biggest um, for you, um, Peter, is one, one of the biggest challenges with all this and putting it together? Because this is, this is one of those things – in my mind, this is up there with, like, Oz 30k and you know the use of things like Facebook groups and stuff like that. This is a, a an advance in technology that makes it possible for you to really do something with you know with the hobby and, and something next level. So, what's been the biggest challenge for you when putting this all together? That's a really good question. I think the yeah, thanks. the 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 biggest the biggest challenge for me has honestly been the math. I am, ironically, because I'm a, I'm a programmer, but I'm terrible at math. And and some of the whole... <laughs> How the hell to, does that work? <laughs> uh, what, most, what most people don't realize is that math and programming are two very, very distinct disciplines and don't have that much to do with each other, usually. Usually. <laughs> Until they do, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> exactly. And I've forgotten most of my high school math. So when oh. I have to calculate the angle that a player is moving... When they move, like, uh, let's say, uh, they move about every five seconds, right? So when they move the next tick over, the next little step that they're moving on the path they're, they're currently on, I have to calculate, I have to offset, okay, well, I have to move you uh, 1% of this full path, okay? Where is that point relative to where you are now? So I have to calculate the angle between the two points you're moving between, and then I have to offset that by, let's say, 20 pixels. The math there is... Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners or your listeners might uh, might find that hopefully might find that easy, but uh, I'm very terrible at math, so I didn't find it easy. Um, I, I ended up uh, getting it to work thanks to the internet helping me. But yeah, that's the, that was the the biggest one. The the second biggest was definitely making it real time, making everything move in real time. That that was a different new challenge for me and very very fun. Yeah, I, was I am say, so, have, I'm have, so glad. 
Peter, that you didn't say having Eric on the phone in the middle of the night writing, oh, can you add this and this <laughs> right <laughs> the last moment before events? <laughs> Yeah, I know that that's actually been uh, that's honestly been pretty good. There hasn't been uh, much of you uh, calling me crying. Oh my god, we need this. No, oh, mm. I've been writing it instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you much you didn't see me cry. <laughs> I was I was going to say having having programmed and done some of that stuff in my own way. It's amazing how useful Google is. And yes. it's amazing how much pro, uh, top class programmers. I mean, I, there are people I know from uh, living here in Malmo who work for world-renowned companies especially in in gaming industry who still google stuff on a daily basis because there is just so much to remember and trying to work out yes. so uh, you know google is your friend with that sort of stuff so that's all good absolutely <clears throat> and i think any programmer worth their salt isn't afraid of admitting that they google all the fucking time yeah okay so not not to because it, it's easy for us to get dragged in talking about that sort of stuff or the technical side of it but when, yeah. so we don't get dragged down into that what i want to one thing i want to talk about is sort of the process of or if i was coming to a real-time event for the very first time and i'm having a go at real time how does it work as a player um just like it would have worked for Railtac in and of itself the event we just ran um take us just give us a, a rough overview of how the player gets into the system, how, how does it work, what do they do? Just paint a picture in somebody in, in the listener's mind of how that works. So uh, when you arrive at the event, we have usually put up a post on the, on the Facebook event or wherever the event is posted saying, hey, please go to this and this website and sign up before you arrive. Anyone who hasn't done that signs up on the day. That, that uh, adds you to our system and we can add you to the campaign that you're playing in. Um, then you load up the uh, you load up a URL we give you on the date. We usually uh, we usually print it out on big uh, big pieces of paper so that and push it around the room so that people can see it. And then you go to that URL, log in with the with the, with the uh, credentials you registered with, and then you get to, then you see your campaign view, where you can see where you're standing, where where can you move to. Uh, you can handle you can see where are your agents and where sh and select where they should move to, and you can see your bonus cards, the cards you get for holding specific object, uh, specific objectives or locations. Gotcha. So, and it allows you to do all the movement, all the get the get information, or majority of information at least, because it's, it's not, like you say, where you want it to be at the moment. Um, yeah. But there are lots of, there's lots of information you can get from it. You can see how stuff happening. Yeah. And yeah. The other thing about this, the thing uh, overall, having I guess having actually been on the other end of it, is that if there isn't a, uh, if you don't have access to a smartphone, and you don't, or you don't have access to the internet on your phone or whatever, then it can be done through the GM, because <laughs> that's the, the other useful part is the GM is there to help you out when needed, um, and that that's one of the things I love about this system is that there is literally a, it offers room and time for to physically. Games master, dungeon master, effectively the event itself, um, and to add flavour and to to sort of help build the narrative, which I think is uh, all the fun and all what basically what we do this stuff for in the first place. So yeah, that that is one of the things I absolutely love about the system in and of itself. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, you I mentioned gotta add there too that it, like having the game master is really. 
what tops the event off and really makes it amazing. Indeed. But what, what I also like about Peter's system is actually if we like sometimes I've I've had a game master calling in sick on the day once. And that was horrible because you had to track everything on the paper. And it, the event was not nearly as good as we wanted it to be. With this system, even if the, the Game Master uh, doesn't make it to the event, uh, we actually have a system that works. Um, and and uh, without Peter, we, you simply can't run the events without <laughs> someone just tracking. And here, the Game Master just gets time for everything. everything and we can even play it even if we don't have a game master of course not with all the cool extra stuff but uh but but it 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 made a very big difference um, awesome. in in the amount of work needed that's good to hear i mean that, that, that i mean that at the end of the day is why we do why innovations and stuff like this are important because it allows us to do more with the um with the games itself and and to make more of a story which is absolutely superb so Here's the thing. That's sort of a rough overview of the system of itself. You can see on our Facebook page um, some of the pictures from the event, which actually show the map. In you know the map. Uh, I'm looking at it now, actually. If you literally go to um, our timeline for the, on the on the main page, you can see some of the shots from the last event, and you can see uh, like the map itself that Peter was talking about. That's up there. You can see how it looks uh, when sort of the games are in progress. Um, and there's a degree of customization available as it stands. I mean, this year for our, our event series, we've been running three factions. So that's why you'll see three different colors on the map. Um, you can see how things are moving around and all that sort of jazz. So that's there. And it does make for interesting gameplay because, as Eric was sort of uh, alluding to earlier, when you move stuff around the board or around the map, when armies move around, they interact, they arrive on the battlefield, not in your sort of standard Dawn of War or Vanguard deployment and stuff like that. They will literally arrive from a section or a board edge on the path that they've come in from. They have walked in from. Which uh, could be behind you. Which very much could be behind you or could be in the side of you uh, or right in front of you if you're really lucky and you have a gun line, which I love having. Um, when I play, but or in so, front of your castle, yeah, exactly, pretty much. Um, and you know, so there's there's lot, you know, it, it's it. There's so much, just so many fun things that sort of throws that to throw at you, and um, and have fun with it all. So uh, it's superb. Now let's get away from the technical stuff because we can answer and we will happily answer any questions if you want to to us via uh, gmail so the varangian heresy at gmail.com or hit us up via the facebook about this and about events like this uh let us uh, you know do so hit us up we can if it's technical stuff i'll happily pass it on to the person who knows what he's talking about which is peter <laughs> and if it's anything else related we'll handle it via uh via the team or if it's direct to do with uh Tech in and of itself which runs uh which is a narrative system which he runs in denmark uh, then that'll be Eric's bag to deal with. Um, yeah. But rather than, so we're not going to go down there. Let's talk about the event itself. Now, Raltac, um, this was, and I'll go and get, I'm going to get the details up because I'm going to be organized. 
And by organized, I'm going to talk at you while I actually click on all the links so I can find things. So the Routac Rebellion, which was the, the name of the event, it was a two-day event. Um, and we had, uh, like we said, the three factions playing out. We had our, uh, our event team. So that was Eric, Freddy, and Magnus acting as generals for the three different factions. That's just uh, traitor and separatists. And then we had a bunch of, uh, a ragtag bunch of uh, reprobates representing each faction, including Peter, who was uh, running your salamanders. Indeed. Uh, which, were, an event. which looked awesome on the tabletop, I must say, having seen some of the pictures. Thank you very uh, much. Oh, no problem at all, dude. It was very, very cool to see them. Um, and yeah, so the the event in and of itself, um, the storyline for the event, which was uh, is available through the Red Books that we do as part of our swag this year, um, was literally after the um, the fall of Akata uh, Lincoln. Um, Raltak is or has been seen as one of the jewels of this of the Varangian system because this is a Mechanicum outpost. Or the, you know, it's heavily Mechanicum run. Um, there's lots of tech there. It's a real. It, it's basically if you want this play, if you want to have a good foot, this is where you want to be. But the Mechanicum don't want to let it go because it's, it's their baby and their stuff and their things and their toys and you know, go away. We don't want to let you have it. Um, and then, so they they took the opportunity to go. You know, screw you guys. We don't want to be part of this. Um, thing or even part of this new whatever the the warmaster is doing we're going to be on our own and both the loyalists and traders go nope we want you because at this point the loyalists have had their backsides handed to them over the first couple and are really on the back foot Uh, they're really struggling so they see this as a a place to uh, fortify and resupply and rebuild for the push into the Varangian system. And then you have the the traitors who see this as um, the next well, the next step. This is what they want. They want the resources, they want everything else. And there's something else that's there as well, which is the, the special, special fun stuff. So that's sort of general overview of the event. From each of your perspectives, I mean, Eric, you, you were there heading up the separatists. Yeah, you had you had an interesting interesting setup uh, from the narrative perspective of literally one, one one evening everything's going all right, then stuff starts blowing up in space, and then the surface of the planet turns into a bright star, and then shit gets real um, from that point of view. But tell us about the event from the separatist point of view. How did it go? What happened? Well, um, it started out okay. Um... We we kind of like our our goal for the day was to grab a Raltech City, which is one of the really big boards with a it gives a big bonus and but it's hard to hold also uh, or it's 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 in the middle of the map so you can basically get attacked from pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. um, and went really well well um until suddenly we had our uh, five armies were locked in combat with five armies or seven armies sorry uh, over different boards and as we were outnumbering one army two to one at one table we were heavily outnumbered everywhere else uh so we saw the loyalists 
starting to get way ahead and we just got hammered big time um so what we did was uh talking a bit to the traders <laughs> um and we were like yeah we we're getting hammered by the loyalists and so are you and we're fighting each other in our back territory which really doesn't make any sense because we're losing on the front both of us um uh-huh. so we kind of at around two three o'clock on saturday we just decided how about we don't attack each other for the rest of the day uh, or... nice. yeah <laughs> nice little uh, politics going on there huh yeah yeah definitely a lot of politics going on so basically we just left each other alone went over to a board and started recharging our armies and just went full on the loyalists who had gotten way ahead. Um, And apparently we both had to hold one territory, not the same. Uh, Apparently our territory was the same as the loyalists needed to hold at the end of the event. Um, So basically uh, the traders, because no one fought them anymore on that front they got a bunch of demons later in the day um and we both pushed the loyalists way back so basically on day two they were pretty much gone um and then on day two freddy he took over leadership of uh the traders and apparently he did not know our deal so first thing that happened on sunday morning was (laughs) Like three lo- three uh, trader armies just coming right at us from all directions, and the the fight turned more even, and the loyalists came back a bit. Uh, but in the end, the separatists actually managed to win, which is quite amazing because it's the first time I've uh, I've played this event maybe ten twelve times now, and it's actually the first time I tried to be in the winning team. Uh, so so I guess it's a nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it is. And after losing that much, no one can really uh, blame me for uh, for rigging the event for myself, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they can always blame you. <laughs> it might not <Yeah>. be. <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, this time is the first time I had, I didn't know the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had no clue what was going to happen. And I didn't know the mission or anything. Uh, so it's basically, for the first time ever, I was just playing as a completely normal player uh in in my own event uh nice. which was freaking awesome we we had so much time especially uh Bjarke from the loyalist team uh we as as you might know for for listeners who don't know about the event basically you have the agents that can walk around and take territories and the agents can block each other and if they ever get in contact with an enemy army they die yeah agent, agent, basically sorry just quickly agents are basically npc tokens that yeah. move around and um, take Grab. control of, of areas. It's a great way of giving, having fun with um, area control and not putting it all down to having armies bouncing between. So the armies can get into fights and you've got your agents going out and they're causing you know, local rebellions or rabble rousing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and basically, we, I think I spent Saturday afternoon three hours where we had me and Biaga just sitting at the fucking uh, screen, just looking, and just every time one of us, basically every player on a team can move the agent, so we 
we both had control of our uh, agents on our own team uh-huh. and we we're just sitting there at the map and you know kind of just looking at what the other one did all the time <laughs> um so we we were we spent three hours just playing agents against each other while our armies regenerated and we were not in a battle yeah. um so so there is definitely something to do on, on sunday it went all crazy um we we ended up in battle all of us and all our agents just got killed because the loyalists just started hoping we didn't see them um or see that an army was coming at them and uh, it, it worked a few times and as a revenge we started like boxing their agents in and uh, killing them off so uh, we, you have an extra game to play on the map yeah. Even if you're not actually playing the game uh, on a board, which is uh, which is great. So uh, the, and I was going to say, he, he, this is that sort of one of the fun things. Is, as you say, there's there's more to do with a real time event. And oh, definitely, definitely. The thing is and that I, these are these the games are different in in the the as we sort of been trying to put across since compared to the whole um, standard event where you play five matches or whatever. You have fifteen hundred points per side. But you have, um, as it's real time, it is a case of you may be on one battlefield the entire day, or you yeah. could be bouncing around battlefields depending on what's needed. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I was so, in four battles total, yeah. and I played. I think, yeah. If if you take, I had a, a game that lasted for a really long time mm-hmm. uh, against Bjorn when I was defending. Uh, the the board, uh, Railtech City, we needed to hold uh, for the event. Um, but apart from that, I only think I participated in like one or two turns in the other games uh, because I basically just arrived either to to end the game by being the overwhelming force coming in, or uh, or you know just coming onto a table and deciding that it's probably not a good idea to stay here for long. Um, Walking and going. Nope. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Ba- basically, uh, I only got a few uh, long matches at, at uh, one table, mm-hmm. um, which, which is fine because I was I was playing agents with the other teams. Uh, I, I think so. the big thing that separates uh, Railtech or the real time system from most other events is that not only do you have to be tactical on the board with your miniatures, you also have to go to a strategic level, looking at the map, seeing where can you go in, where do you send your agents, all those things. It just adds a really big layer on top of the normal games, which I personally love. Yeah, yeah, because basically you you can have the best fucking game and just beat army after army coming at you. But if you're doing it on the wrong table, it doesn't matter. You're going to lose anyway. Uh, because you, if, if you're holding some territory that doesn't do anything for you, um, then, then you might as well just move away from it. Uh, and, and, and I can see, especially players who haven't played it before, they definitely, uh, you, you can kind of see how they want to just, yeah, they, they sometimes want to move to uh, tables that are not really strategic or anything. Um, so, so as a team captain, at least you got a lot to uh, talk about with your team. That's for sure. And you definitely need someone as a team captain who has been trying it before. That's, uh, but that that's been our experience every single time. Mm. So, for you, for you as uh, the the sort of separatist general and as a player, are there any sort of real highlights? 
Because again, like I said, we can't really go. What was match two like? What was game two like? What was game three like? Were there any sort of really big, sort of like narrative or just fun highlights for you? Yeah, actually, I came onto a table against uh, Magnus, who was the um, who was the loyalist leader. And uh, one of our missions for the whole event was to kill the loyalist and the traitor general. Uh, so uh, basically, I come onto the table and I'm in a really good position, except that Magnus he has his uh, general. In a, in a thermite drill, along with the vets with melt, combi melters. So it, it was a really nasty unit, and he was trying to... Explain Salamanders as well, so that makes it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was a hard one. Uh, but I came onto the board with a Minotaur tank, and the board was, I think, it was the size or the length of two normal boards across, and I came in from the side. But I had a Minotaur tank, so I could basically hit the whole table. Um, so Magnus he sent immediately sent his uh, drill on a pretty risky um, deep strike right in the corner next to my uh, Minotaur tank, and he scatters off the table and rolls a one, and his general dies in the drill because he never arrives. <laughs> and it was the first game in our first engagement, like literally the oh. first match I was in. The general dies in turn one from not coming in with a drill. That wasn't the cleverest move ever, maybe. <laughs> no, I love you, Magnus. You know I love you. Brother in arms, you're, you're one of the team, but still, dude. Uh, 12 inches in each direction, just saying, you know? Yeah, but it had pyramid plating, so uh, he had to go into the side. Yeah, no, I get that, but, you know, you pop up six inches out, still within melter range, you should be good. But yeah. apparently, he, he went go big or go home in the most epic way possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah if you do it, do it. <laughs> of, of course, you, you had the discussion, like, if uh, if we actually killed the general, mm -hmm. uh, because he he kind of didn't arrive. Yeah. Uh, but, but we came to the conclusion we probably killed him because we didn't really have any trader players in the match. Um, so yeah, basically, we, we, we said we killed him. We uh, decided to park on top of his uh, arrival spot, and nothing <laughs> happened for him. <laughs> Came out, banged his head on the underneath of, of the monitor. Yeah, Ow. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and then, and then honestly, I think for it, it was the other one was basically the agent game because yeah. we the the. The whole thing with the loyalists killing one of our agents uh, just really fast became us getting angry and want wanting revenge. Um, so we spent a lot of effort just hunting down loyalist agents just because we didn't like them anymore, um, which, which was rather hilarious. And... Then for, for my team, we somehow managed to get to, the, there's a big cast or a big uh, fortress in the middle. Somehow we undefended, managed to go and grab it, and people kept on coming at it with one army. And yeah, Jody, you, you can maybe describe how it is to be in the castle or in the fortress when, when one army arrives to attack it. You mean you, you mean Castle Sweden? Um, yeah, yeah. Castle yeah the, for, for those, for those uh, this is kind of an in-joke that this particular fortification on one of the one of the gaming tables um, that you could one of the territories you can end up on. Um, it's basically like being behind a number of land raiders with shields. It's amazing. Um, 
especially if you play uh, an Iron Warriors army like I do that shoots a lot. It's fantastic. Um, and in the past, um, both myself and Freddie have taken and held this particular table for almost the entire event. You know, when we've when we've been playing, I literally spent the entire day on on that table um, on one event. I think I spent six or seven hours before I or more before I even got to regenerate anything, uh, which was a hell of a lot of fun. So the general consensus is that's Castle Sweden, wherever it is. It's just you know the Swedes hold that one, um, and yeah, it's it's brutal. It's brutal to assault if you are the if you are the assaulting force. It sucks. Uh, because it is, it is very heavily, very heavily armored, very heavily protected. Um, so you've got to be bold, and if you're not bold, it's gonna, it's not gonna pay off. And if you're one army against one army, nah, it's not your friend. This is where you really need to be stacking up two or three armies, making a real push, a proper, like proper blitzkrieg kind of get in there, charge it, destroy it, get whatever you can, maybe get a drill in underneath. Or do what you did to me once, Eric, which is land in an Arvis lighter with your um, your dudes and your Magos inside of it and try and take it from the inside out. Yeah, that, that works. Until, or, yeah, it works until you drop a Medusa. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I would actually give Biaga credit. It, it wasn't at this event, but in, in general for that board, Biaga probably did the best or the most uh, genius thing, uh, because basically the board has uh, computers on it. So if you uh, have a guy with a battlesmith rule, you actually control the doors, even if you don't own the castle. Um, and Biaga somehow uh, took it to the next level. So he basically uh, made an army with drop And he took three units of Take Priest Auxilia, uh, no, sorry, uh, te- not Take Priest Auxilia, that's the Mechanicum one. It's uh, of Take Priests. Mm-hmm. Um, and he landed the fucking Take Priests in drop pots inside the castle and opened all the doors so his uh, fellow player could walk through the wall. Um, that is taking it to the next level. I, I found it fucking hilarious. Um, it-, it, was- it was so great. Just building an army to attack that exact location. And actually going through with it, and actually succeeding with it. Yeah, um, that's legit. Yeah, that, that that's going for it. That's that's a proper strategy paying off there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is a beast to get through. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you had basically that was getting defended one army on one army, huh? Yeah, several times. Um, um, so basically, I think Johnny was there most of the time with an armored breakthrough army. So basically, his tanks, the the walls are pretty tall. So he just had the top guns on all his tanks that could shoot. Um, but it, and I think Linus, uh, the game master there, he threw in a bunch of demons also spawning in the middle of everything. Um, but he definitely held out for a long time um, at, at the fortress. So uh, it, it was, uh, I, I wasn't playing there myself, but it, it seemed like they, they had a good time down there. And again, it's as, as uh, people who have played it a lot know, the, the, the tables are not meant to be fair. The tables are meant to be like, if you look at what the table has for special rules, then you can, then you can 
if you're really lucky, you can play one against two guys and actually make it. Uh, if you choose a bad table to go one and one, you're gonna lose anyway. Yeah. Um, and the bonuses you get from the tables is also like if if it's a table that's really hard to take, then the bonus you get is also really really good. Um, so risk and reward, lot, basically. Yeah. So there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of uh, risk and strategy in taking the correct boards from the start, uh, which is again why it's good to have uh, faction leaders who have been playing the event before, because then they actually know which tables, like they they know which tables are the good ones. I don't remember all the 28 tables what they do, uh, and I even wrote the rules for them. But I, I I'm starting to remember like. Don't go there if you have a tank because tanks will die. Uh, take this if you need this bonus and so on and so on. Um, so it definitely um, make you. You need to get good at the or you need to get experience and get good at the events to really get the most out of the strategy in it. Nice. Um, so Peter, yeah, as you as you as you let the separatists come. Talk about all their victories and fun moments. How was it as a player? First of all, knowing knowing the system, having written all that, as a player, how was it? Great. Just in in one word, it was fucking great. Well, that was two words. Anyway, in uh, Danish, you can jam them together, right? I can. It's great. Um, so we uh, we had uh, quite a few objectives. Uh, we had to capture and hold a specific uh, board. We had to keep control of our own base. We had to kill the separatist general. We had to kill the ge traitor general, and then we had to destroy the traitor base. And that was just the overall uh, overall goals we had or objectives. I know. I was, trying to, I was trying to keep you busy. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, on the first day, we had to uh, hold a. Uh, we had to discover what was happening on a specific board. Uh, by holding it for 30 minutes. I don't think we did that, but I'm actually not sure. And then uh, we had to didn't. hold you we didn't. didn't and we had to hold yeah. another board which we did manage to do and that gave us a bonus on the second day. So that's great. Um but the first day was uh, actually really good for us. We and we had most of the board at the end of the day. We could see it was starting to go downhill because the traders and the separatists had uh, as I learned later made a little deal to fuck us. Um, but uh, it was going really well for us. We were all like, "Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be great." And then the uh, second day arrived, and it didn't go great. <laughs> it, uh, we had a lot of fun games, but uh, we got uh, hammered, to put it mildly. Um, we did manage to turn around after lunch on the second day. Bjarke and I brained it out and managed to get Bjorn to uh, blow up the uh, the uh, uh, separatist base. And we didn't care. We got the middle. We got the big base there with the walls. Yeah, still we we, we were happy. We got to blow up your base. That gave us some points. Um, yeah. And in in terms of highlights, I think the best highlight for me, or at least one of the two best ones, was uh, watching uh, watching the opponent get a great unclean one, having a deep strike down on the table, scatter into a wall, and they roll a one, and it's gone. <laughs> and that gave us one of our objectives for the second day, which was uh, destroying the separatist base, and then secondarily, which was the one we just got, uh, eliminate the great unclean one. <laughs> and, I mean, it was, it was actually uh, it was actually Freddy who had uh, ironically lost his age, his uh, warlord to the same thing that uh, had uh, had it happened to him on the on the table. I was just arriving at the same time, so that was that was great fun. Um, 
I think uh, other other great and noteworthy moments for me were deep striking my uh, fire drakes with a Primus Medicae, a Warmonger, and a uh, Praetor. Oh, right into Jesus, the middle. son. Yep, right into the middle of my opponents, uh, two opponents actually. Giant group of, uh, they had the, they had the, what are they called? The, not Death Riders, but like uh, Rough Riders mm-hmm. from, uh, for, for Militia. There were two Demolisher Lehman Rosses, a whole bunch of uh, dudes with uh, miniguns, I don't remember the name. Uh, oh, the uh, Rotary, Rotary Cannons, yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch of Melter and a, and a bunch of other nice stuff. The the thing that did the uh, biggest uh, biggest hit on me were actually the uh, Rough Riders charging that killed two Death Riders, uh, two uh, Fire Drakes. Really? Holy shit! Yes. That's uh, he impressive. Had, he had fifteen of them. Still, that's impressive. They're yeah. fucking Fire Drakes. They're two up, three up. Fucking yep. two wound monsters. Yep. But uh, on the charge, keep out, keep an eye out for those uh, Rough Riders. They hurt. But uh, <laughs> I managed to take so much fucking shooting from those guys. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I bounced around between tables over the two days. It was uh, it was really great. Uh, got to fight Jöran a lot. Uh, and we both got to make each other sad by uh, surviving way too much shit. <laughs> so, so was, that was that Jöran's death guard that you had? Uh... Yes. Uh, I, I uh, tanked something like 18 uh, Volkite Cauldron shots and 12 Autocannon shots in one turn with only one of the vol- uh, Volkite going in. Wow. The, I like Fire Drakes a lot. Fire Drakes are, um, what's the phrase? Not broken, but fucking nasty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it should be noted that at Raltech, the max points cost of a unit, uh, a unit can be is 350 points. Which is the exact yeah. point cost fire drakes are with their shields and their hammers. <laughs> the, to the, is that a five man or is that's a five man? Five man, yeah, that'll do. That that'll work. That'll 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 definitely that'll definitely get the work done for you. Indeed. Jesus. But he in turn, Jordan ta- uh, in, ta- in turn tanked uh, all of. I think it was all of the shots from my fire raptor. So <laughs> I think it was fair. Yeah, that that seems to balance out. I think. How was the Fire Raptor in that, by the way? Because that was something that was interesting to me. How did um, the Fire Raptor go? In some games, it did absolutely jack all, and in other games, it was amazing. Ah, fair enough. Going against a Thunderbolt is uh, is a bad idea for the Fire Raptor. Okay. <laughs> uh, at least when he's on the uh, when he's on the attack, that that hurt. He ate. He had those Kraken Kraken missiles. He ate, I think, like three out of four hull points in one turn and managed to uh, managed to uh, immobilize it. It didn't crash and burn. It just kept going directly. But it, oh, that hurt. That, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. That sounds pretty painful. Uh, any any sort of key? I mean, okay, the deep strike with the the how do I put this? The unit of death that you put together there. Um, even more so, the Death Star. That just sounds like a virus bomb in, per- in human form. Uh, apart from that particular unit, uh, that particular moment, any other moments for you that really stand out as, yes, this was awesome, this is one of my favorites, for your army specifically? Well, for, for me personally, to, I'll, take, I'll get to my army later, but for me personally, it was watching people use the system and, and it working and then them actually engaging with it and being thinking it was awesome. That, that was just, that was amazing. I can't put that into words. Yeah. Um, 
in terms of my army, honestly, it was it was the tanking of uh, of a whole bunch of shit. Tanking right in the right in the middle of it, and then firing everything they had on me, including at radio, and not they didn't do do all that much against my fire rigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they won't. <laughs> and fire drinks are just brutal. Yeah, um, and, and I weren't just on that table to bog them down, so it worked. That'll that is a, that is a unit that will definitely take some uh, take some shit. So yeah, if that's what you're aiming to do, congrats. I think you'll achieve it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's that's just what's the word I'm looking for? Nasty. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So. I mean, can you? Th- did you? Have you got any other sort of war stories you can share from some of the stuff that might have happened around you while you were playing? Because I mean, to be fair, it sounds like Freddie had a bit of a rough time—not one, but two units do deep strike failures. Uh, just reminding everybody that deep strike is dangerous <laughs> and can be quite interesting. Uh, are there any other moments that you heard about during the during the event itself? I got some pictures of uh, we had uh, we had we had brought a uh, model version of uh, the Notre Dame made from the new GV terrain, and I got some pictures of demons pouring out of a, of a, like a smashed Notre Dame. That that looked pretty awesome, and the players uh, did seem to think that was pretty fun. Yeah, um, definitely. Put, if they're not up online already, page for us. And yeah. that was all our friends, listeners uh, disappearing. <laughs> No, yeah. no, no, that's, it's okay. It wasn't a burnt-out version. No, it, it only burned down when Peter finished his model version of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying Peter wants to have the only one, but yeah. My, my girlfriend and I had been painting it, and a week after we were finished with it, the real ones burned. You're, you're an evil human being. That's what I'm yeah, saying. They, they had to get to Paris first. So It takes time. <laughs> yeah, Paris isn't close, man. Yeah. No, it isn't. And, and, and a coal fire can last for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, but yeah, in, in terms of in terms of other uh, games, it seems like uh, Biaga had a lot of fun uh, in on the Son Mortalis boards. There were two Son Mortalis boards connected right across the map, where you could go from one to the other. And Biaga with his uh, space wolves were running around, uh, tearing it up inside. Oh yeah, that sounds something that he would really enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> right oh, up yeah. his alley. Yeah. Just knowing him, I, I know how you think, Jody. <laughs> yes, yes, it definitely. Um, we love him for it, which is the, which is the best part of it. Yes. Um, <laughs> very much so. So overall, it sounds like a, a very much so that I've had uh, chats with a number of people, and it's been really big, uh, really well received. And the from our point of view, we're going to be doing real time again. It's part of the event series next year. We're going to be bringing it back. Uh, very much looking forward to running it again. Um, I'm in the process of starting to write the the plans for next year and some of the the some of the bits and pieces and things for next year. So um, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing real time happen again. So the next evolution of real time will uh, will be live um, as part of next year's Ranching Heresy event series. So that's gonna yeah. Be we we cool. also uh, actually this year. Um, the week after Scandos, we're doing a NerdCon in Copenhagen. Yeah, do you want to give where, that a quick shout? Yeah, where, where we basically are going to take all our... Um, we're going to be doing... we so. learned at Scandos and, uh, and put that into. So, yeah. It, it's it's going to evolve and evolve. And it's going to... I think next year, we, we've taken it even further when we uh, get to the event in the, seri- in the event series here again. 
So what's just tell us about uh, Nordcom quickly? What's the what's the event in and of itself? Give it a shout out. Will you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, um, we have uh, it's a big con. They I know they hope to be the biggest con in Denmark, um, and they're they're starting up. It's they they got quite a heritage to uh, to um, yeah take over because they're taking over after. Basically, the same kind of tournament and same date as Giant Fanatic. So, wow. any Danes listening will definitely know what I'm talking about when I say Giant Fanatic. Um, but basically, yeah, the event is uh, 40k, 30k, bunch of other games uh, in Copenhagen, literally like 30 meters from the main station. So, if you want to join, you are 20 minutes from there if you land in a plane in the airport with the metro and if you arrive at the copenhagen central station you can walk over there in three minutes not even that um so it's it's an event and we would like to have more players we know it's it collides with a bunch of tournaments in uh, in sweden and events in sweden but um we uh, we really hope to see people there mm-hmm. and we're probably not going to have a game master on that one so that is basically going to be if if you want to try the system and see what it is it's a great place to do it because we are going to do the basically the game just with the system so it's all about taking territories we won't have the whole uh, storyline and everything on it it just go there you can learn the 30k rules you can learn the system uh so pretty casual but still uh still using it and after scandals we have found all all the small box and everything so um so i think it, it's it's gonna be when it comes to running it smoothly it's gonna be the best one we've ever done which i can probably say for every event we do from now on because every time we can improve the system a bit more and a bit more and make it even better um so yeah so basically uh no can think about going there we uh we're still lacking about three players for it to actually happen. So, um, but I'm guessing we're gonna get them in uh, in a short time. Awesome! That sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, gents, for coming on and just joining us and giving us a bit of a, uh, an idea of what real time is all about and the after action report. Sounds like a bloody good event. Like I said, I wasn't there myself, but I was trying my best to follow it along um, as best as I possibly could um from from the safety of my my living room and watching on the uh on the map as it goes around it was really having written well having written the objectives the weekend seeing stuff happen i was very happy to see some of the stuff going down and i won't lie i cheered a little bit when i saw that the separatists had lost their base but made uh made some of their other objectives so that's pretty cool um (laughs) that was a whole lot of fun uh to see that go down so yeah we have uh we have more to look forward to with with real time with what you guys are working on and like i said from our point of view as as the verangian event series it's going to come back next year which is going to be awesome so if you're a little unsure uh, or i say unsure you're more interested in what's happening or what's happened and would thinking hey i wouldn't mind having a crack at that well it's coming back um as far as we're concerned and we will be or the aim is to give everybody an update on what our plans are for next year once we uh at the end of um scandus as we do so uh, that'll be there for everyone to to see and we will give you an update on when where and what the what the general plans are 
Um, so yeah, again, thank you very much, James, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, hope you've uh, you had a great time. It sounds like you did. Absolutely. And, uh, we look forward Definitely. to uh, you know having more chats about this sort of stuff again in the future. Um, we are going to be heading to our um, sort of wrap up now because we have had you on here for God knows how long listening to all the fun of the paint about painting courses and now all about real time that it's about about time we gave you one more musical break and a chance to go off and um, actually repair your ear holes and have a breather and then come back for a very quick wrap up um, as we send this episode off into the sunlight uh, or sunset I should say not the sunlight it's the other way around um, so without further ado we'll be right back after this
And we're back. And thanks for sticking with us through all that. Um, lots of information, lots of cool stuff. Um, big thanks to Henry for coming on and chatting with us. We will have to get him back on again in the future just to shoot the shit and talk, talk hobby because it's always good fun when we get to do that. Um, but yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to see what comes out of that class and, and what happens with uh, everybody sort of stepping up when it comes to their um, to their next level of uh, hobby from that. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I am fucking super stoked. I bet you are, mate. I, I want it to start now. <laughs> well... The end of August, 31st of August is when the painting course is. We've got Railtag to get through first, so uh, that's important. Um, so, yeah, up, coming, coming up next, as we've already said, is the Railtag Rebellion. That's the 10th and 11th of August. Tickets are available. Go and have a look on our Facebook page for those. Um, we want as many players as we possibly can for that event. because It's going to be very cool to have you all there. Uh, and then, like we said, we've got the 31st of August for the Cult of Paint painting event, and it's going to be an absolute blast. Um, now, we do have some events we've been asked to shout out, which is very important, so we're going to get on to those right now. Um, we've had a shout out from uh, one of our uh, lovely dudes who listens to the show, Stephen Hillman. Love you, dude. Um, Stephen has uh, sent, me over some sent us over some information. Uh, about an upcoming sort of mini event that he's going to be running. He's starting out um, in Denver, and it's going to be uh, one of the local cons called um, Tacticon, which just sounds perfect for any sort of heresy gaming um, and airsoft and just all the general tactical stuff you can get away with. Um, so the event itself is on Saturday the 31st of August, I will say I'm kind of glad it's in Denver because otherwise it's really bad scheduling as he's clashing with our Cult of Paint event. So, you know, it's all right, Stephen. We, we'll, we'll forgive this year. We'll just have to see how it goes. Um, but it's a small event with like uh, eight players. Um, but he's hoping it's going to open the doors for a bigger event in the future. So if you are um, a heresy player in the Denver, Denver, Colorado area and not involved in this, get along, go and support. Go and have a chat with Stephen. Go see what's being done. Um, they've also arranged for some uh, Necromunda in the afternoon on the Friday and a small um, Adeptus Titanicus event on that evening as well, on the Friday evening, which I think is very cool. Uh, I mean, eight, Adeptus Titanicus is the shit, um, so I keep <laughs> getting told. Um, so it's good to see that. So Necromunda. All, all, these, all this stuff ties together. So big up to you, Stephen, for getting this event together. Um, there is uh, a website which we're going to put a link to in the show notes um, and he's uh, got a full event description uh, which can be downloaded from the Google Drive so we'll put that link up as well um, so yes, it's so awesome to have um, have you sending us this information shouting out so we can shout out an event that's actually happening um, and it's great to see another heresy events starting up when you know apparently heresy is dying everywhere as it's <laughs> always being said i mean yawn but still you know apparently that's what's happening um and also i want to i want to say thank you very much again because steven actually sent me uh, off the back of our demons um uh, piece we were talking about he sent uh, a very nice just shy of um 
2,000 point uh, demon list, which now having faced them, I look at it and go, you're an evil man and I love you for it. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about your demons as you run them, Stephen. It's going to be very cool. Um, and I will very much have a look at the uh, the minis he's linked because they've actually got the... He's uh, actually sent a link to the alien xenomorphs from the movies. He's found somebody produces them. Um, and you can actually get hold of them. So he's going to be doing his army based around those. And there are some seriously gorgeous models in this list um, and on what he's got here. So big up to you, Stephen, for putting that together. Uh, I'll send you the link to this, Freddie, because I think you'll actually like some of this stuff. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Do it. I shall do it. I shall do it now. Um, we've also got a shout out um, from our very own Eric. Um, there's an event taking place in uh, Denmark, and that is taking part taking place on the weekend after Scandus. Uh, I'm just trying That's to get right. to the details now. Um, I can't pronounce it because it's Danish, and it makes even less sense than Swedish sometimes to me. Uh, but I think if I'm reading it right, it's Nordmarkt or something along those lines. Nordcon, and that's taking place in October. It's a two-day event. The links are available uh, via the Horace Heresy Denmark group. We'll also put a link up in our um, event here. Um, they're looking to get as many people signed up, especially in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's a two-day event. It's going to be the real-time system. So the stuff you've heard us talk about for uh, Railtac, it's going to be that system that Eric's going to be running. Um, there's 20 places over the two days, and it's all all listed there on the website. So we'll link that up as well. Um, what else have we got coming up? We've talked about paint. We shouted out Stephen's stuff, Eric's stuff. I think the next thing is Scandus, isn't it, Freddie? Yeah, it's all about Scandus, which is always... Wanna... Well, it's like it's been every year, so it's the first week weekend of October, so it's going to be 5th and 6th. Uh, and uh, basically, it's going to be... You bring 3,500 points of whatever, you know, Leviathan, Fortification, whatever you want, and um, then you need to bring 1,500 points of a... So Mortalis list. Mm -hmm. And Bob's your uncle. And shenanigans will ensue. Yeah. And if you have a Titan, bring that along. Even if you don't want to feel bloody, you may not be a, a Titan joust. The return of the jousting. Which is going to be fucking Ooh. awesome. And Titan it's going to be... Jousts. And it's going to be... We, we, like, used to some Metallic, it's going to be a massive epic kind of game because we're fighting it out on port oculus the space station or actually yes. the spaceport thingy manufactorium of spacecraft that it, that is kind of like a ring around uh, oculus yeah uh, and uh, basically there will be massive battles happening down on the planet and there'll be heaps of action so like imagine a bit like calf there was like a massive space battle up between like the orbital platforms and shit going on, and then there was a massive battle down at the planet. So if if you have that mindset, then you realize this is going to be like that, but five billion times more intense. Oh yes, uh, it's minus it's the have... burning sun. 
Preferably, preferably. Although, yeah, no, it's going to be in October, so we'll be good. Literally, there won't be, we won't burn yeah. to death in there. Uh, but it's going to be a, a, as always, it's going to be an absolutely fucking awesome, awesome event. Uh, we'll be doing another one of these episodes where we actually go through all the details of it close to the time. We will be shouting out on every episode. Um, if you want to come to um, Scandus or any of the events, I mean, we, like we said, we have tickets open for Raltac and the painting course at the moment. But if you're interested in Scandus or, or any of the events, go along to the page, put yourself as interested or at least interested or going to give us an idea roughly. Uh, and yep. also so you can stay in touch with all the updates because it is quite possible, especially with Scandus, as we are limited to a certain number of places, it's quite possible that there will be a lot of places going very quickly once tickets yeah. officially uh, go on and sale. Pe- people keep asking me all the time when tickets are going to be released, tickets are going to be released, and basically they will be released on Sunday 9th on the 11th of August. Yeah, they go live as soon as Railtac has finished. Yeah. because that's how we like to do it with our events so that we can focus on one event and then the next and then the next so be prepared you have your warning here in the evening of the 11th of august the tickets will go live so be ready for that uh because yes. you're gonna want to get your tickets because it's gonna be such a blast we're gonna have so much fun and we're gonna you know shenanigans we're gonna have swag we're gonna have all the stuff that we always do for our events um crazy. it's gonna be mental it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be so much fun i can't wait i'm sure there'll be naked danes there but don't let that put you off as well um so we'll, we'll see what happens um I th- and again i really think that's everything we've got to cover right now can't think of anything else can you bud no i think that's it and you know hope to see you all at uh Raltech and then hope to see you all at the painting course and then hope to see you all at scandis it's gonna be awesome drink a couple of beers chit chat and roll some dice Yes, yes, indeed. It's where we're going to have all the fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. Can't wait to see everybody who's coming, or th- you know, if you, even if you're thinking about coming, come because you're going to have a bloody good time. <laughs> it's that simple. Just come along. You're going to have fun. Um, so yeah, so I think we're going to wrap it up. So without further ado, I'm going to say we're putting a bow on it, and it's a good night from me and me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30k. Be angry in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Varangian Heresy Podcast, signing off. The